really nice. Yeah. Um, as always, I'm there for five days, and then by day three, I'm really ready to come <laughs> come back. I would um, agree. Yeah. yeah, I mean, and I mean, your hometown is even bigger than my hometown, so True. there's stuff yeah. to do. Yeah, I do have the the usual routine of like going here, 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 and here, sure. right? and checking yeah. off the list. Yeah. I mean, it was nice because my um, best friend Michael was home as well. Yeah. So um, we kind of plan it that way so that we always have. How many how many friends do you have at home? Um, pretty much my friend Michael. Um, we've been friends since like sixth grade. Yeah. Um, and then do, they, do you have a lot of friends that like live there still? I have one friend who still currently lives there. I would okay. say, and her name is Viviana. Cool. And so I got to visit her, cool. and I haven't seen her in like probably seven years. Cool. And it was just so great to sit with her, and yeah. it was like nothing changed. We I just a, I picked th- right up where I we left I have off. A majority it was so great. majority of my friends still live in Cincinnati. That's crazy. Yeah, I think there's. There's only a handful that really don't, you know, that yeah. are from Cincinnati. Um, yeah. So it's nice to have something to go back to. And right. Like, I mean, there's still people from my high school who live there, <laughs> yeah. but I don't really <laughs> want anything to do with them, yeah. really. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, like I said, I choose the people, you know, there's just, there can be very, like, lots of negative personalities in small towns. Well, yeah. Sometimes. I mean, yeah. And, so. Yeah. And certain areas of town remind you of certain, certain things. things just, and yeah. I just great. don't want to have anything and to do with that. It's interesting. Home roots, you know, um, we're talking about mental health today. Yes. By the way. By the way. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's interesting. Like, uh, you know, your home roots, you know, and like how like you always will be from that place. Uh-huh. Right. And I feel strongly about Cincinnati. I, yeah. Right? And like I'm, proud I'm, I'm proud to be proud from to, my yeah. little hometown of Eagle River, Cincinnati, Wisconsin. You know, it. if you're, if you're only in the Cincinnati bubble, for your entire life you don't really get to see the what makes it special you're yeah. kind of just there mm-hmm. and that's just reality for you so it's nice for me to like move to savannah move to los angeles you know go see the world a little bit to really know how special that place is right um there are things that i still don't like about it right but there are things that i love about it sure right? it's like a nice it's a good size yeah. it's great to have friends um, there one of the things that my friend viviana her husband derek actually asked me about when i was there was this just like you know what's one of the things that you have really enjoyed about living in all these locations because since high school I've probably lived in yeah, you went six different states yeah. and a bunch of different towns and I've been to Omaha, Nebraska and Florida and yeah. Texas and <laughs> Illinois and you know now <laughs> California like I've been all over the place yeah. and um, I think one of the things that's been so beneficial is that um, my perspective on things is just so much broader, broader than what my little hometown is and when I mm. go home to my little hometown, they think that people think like them, yeah. that everybody is exactly, you yeah. know, all small towns and all towns in America operate the way do they do. And right. it's not true, right. you know, and I think that it's actually, it's good that we're talking about mental health today because I think that that has actually helped me a great deal in seeing that like other people all over the world struggle with the same things that you Absolutely. do. And like that, that feeling, that sense of who, not being alone People is who great. move from state to state like yourself struggle more yeah. than people who stay well, in the same place. Well, it's hard to make friends, Absolutely. you know? Absolutely. You like, don't have I, the same destinations you typically go to, right? right. you got to find new places you like. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it was when I moved to LA, harder. it took me two years 
to like find you and Carrie, you know, <laughs> yeah. like and have people to hang out with. Yeah, like, I failed my first attempt, attempt so. <laughs> <laughs> right. That's one of the reasons why you literally went home. Right. I literally moved back that's home. To, yeah. Because yeah, so, we were just like, I'm miserable here. I don't yeah. have people. I don't have my people. Yeah. So. Yeah. It, it's just an interesting dynamic. There are a lot of pros and cons, right? Like moving away doesn't give you the same like home base. So you're not seeing mm-hmm. the same thing. So you might not be into the local tradition just like you used to, but you are more diverse. Right. So there there's a lot oh, of Oh, I'm definitely the black sheep. When I'm there. <laughs> yeah, right. I'm definitely like, oh, yeah. who's this outsider? I was wearing a dress to the breakfast restaurant, <laughs> yeah. and I got so many looks because everybody's like in yeah. flannels and jeans, of course. you know. Yeah, and yeah. they were like, who is this person in like a nice dress <laughs> and like, you know, it's just it's just you're the outsider, you know. But there's something there's something like really cool and um, special about like somebody like my mom who has been on the west side her whole life, right? Sure. And like she has you know, gone to the same places, you know, done the same things like that holds weight. And like, you don't realize that until you move that like sometimes, you know, staying in one place, you can start to really put your roots in and ground. Oh, absolutely. And then you start to move to a new state and you're like, holy shit, I don't have anything. Right, <laughs> like, right. I'm like a seedling. Yeah. Here. <laughs> and I mean, I definitely am a person who, um, I, like to have like a favorite bar in town and mm-hmm. I love it when I get to the point totally. that the bouncer knows my name and I don't have to show my ID. <laughs> I love right that. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I absolutely love that. Yeah. And it hasn't happened here in LA yet because I no. think it's just too big. People can't do that. But yeah. like I had a place like that in Austin, Texas. I had a place like that in La Crosse, Wisconsin mm-hmm. where I'd walk in and they'd just be like, hey, Tina, how's it going? You know, yeah. your usual. And I'd be like, absolutely. I love that feeling. Yeah. A, lot of, a lot of LA is there's just too many people. They just can't keep track of it. There's just so many yeah. people unless That's you crazy. have like a specific in right. with the bartender or like whatever. I, like i know daddy is the right because <laughs> i go, go there every week like, <laughs> yeah exactly it's not really a bar it's a hole in the wall but you know it's the same thing right totally <laughs> so yeah no i think it's a good topic to talk about yeah. and um the reason why we brought up to like why we thought it would be a good idea to just talk about it in general is mm. we were watching the olympics and obviously the whole controversy around simone biles right yeah and it was just amazing to see the reaction that people had to it. I mean, it. To, at, in some sense, it's the same as we've always seen. It's completely bipolar, totally. right? There's yeah, no, some there's people no are very supportive, ground. some people are not. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I think what's important about the Simone Biles thing is that it definitely wasn't a mental health that she was unhealthy in her life. It was totally. it was something that was about work, right? Mm-hmm. If if we were going to call gymnastics work, right? Right. It's definitely something. It's work for her. It definitely yeah. Work, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. So if when we're going to talk about you know mental health and work life balance, she she was having something that was off in her work. Her mm-hmm. daily routine was she just wasn't able to do it. Right? right. There are definitely differences in that. Right. Right. I think people automatically jump to the conclusion. Oh, she's that depressed. She, she and that she has perform. anxiety and she can't. She shouldn't be there in the first yeah, place. She's not she's not brave or she's not right. courageous because she can't you know it's like you know people judge mental health in a way that is about life a lot of times right but we never really look at the work aspect of not being able to do my work because of some mental block or sure. something that I'm going through externally either at work or at life right right they, they crisscross a lot and I mean I think it's one of the things that was so great about that situation is to see right like oh right there people struggle in every line of work right like we there's a term for it and for writers like writer's block right like there is a term for being like i can't write today oh totally you know my my sister and i talk a lot about like creative blocks where you have a day 
where you're just not feeling it. You're just like, no, this doesn't work. I'm not, yeah, this isn't good. And then there are days where you are flowing. on it. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Totally. Yeah, it's it's a thing. And I like that we now know that it affects everybody. And it's like, oh, right. This actually happens in gymnastics too. And it literally can happen on the world stage of the Olympics. (laughs) It happens. (laughs) Or it happens alone in your desk. Right. (laughs) You're sitting at your computer. (laughs) With no pressure Photoshop crash for the 16th time. (laughs) And you're just not having it. Yeah. Totally. Yep, totally. Um, so with that being said, we just want to say disclaimer, we are not mental health experts, obviously. <laughs> do do, um, not, con- do yeah. not consult in us. For, uh, <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, and if you are struggling with any troubling thoughts or anything like that, um, you can call the Suicide Prevention Lifeline at 1-800-273-8255. And that's available as a resource 24-7. 365 days a year and then there's obviously if you just google you know mental health online mm-hmm. there's a ton of resources well, out there so phelpsy had uh i like how i call him phelpsy now thank you carrie um <laughs> phelpsy had a mental health thing it was like an app that you could like see i forget the oh, name of it we'll have to look that up and Let post it or I something can. but um that seemed like it was really cool too. You know, you could go online. You don't even have to visit anybody. You could just see him face to face and kind of just talk to somebody. So. Yeah. And I mean, I think um, it's, he has one through Talkspace, it looks like. Talkspace is how it is? Yeah. yeah it looks familiar. like that was yeah. what he's recommending. <clears throat> so um, check those out. There are plenty of, you know, resources right. out there. Right. And I think, the, I think the thing that's so amazing is like people like Michael Phelps to hear him talk about mental health Absolutely. in the Olympics, like is so important because it just brings it to the forefront. And personally, for me, hearing that other people struggle helps me Mm -hmm. like to just be like, this is a totally normal feeling, (laughs) nothing to panic about. And I think that's so important. Yeah. The ability to 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 talk about something is always beneficial in my mind. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't I don't care what it is, whether it's negative or positive or, you know, whatever. If we're talking about it, we're progressing it. Right. Um, You know, we certainly don't want to go down a negative route and be negative, negative, negative. But there may be negative things that come out that we have to learn from. But we talk those through right, Right. to get to a positive result. Um, So if we're not talking about it, you're bottling it in. That's the worst thing you can do. And I've been there and I've done that. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) I mean, (laughs) I... I said this as an example, like this isn't always typical. I'm going to kind of generalize here just a little bit, but I had a post that I put on Instagram at the beginning of the pandemic that I made this piece of art and I put it on my Instagram page. Mm -hmm. And um, I had a little post that I did after the fact that was just saying like, you know, what I was struggling with at that time. Mm -hmm. And my mom, um, she texted me and she was like, Hey Tina, like I really don't think you should be putting those thoughts on in an online space i think those reserved you should write those in a journal and just don't really talk about some them. people are trained to do that that's you know? very much that generation mm-hmm. we don't yep. talk about the mental health we bury it yep. we want to tuck it away and i was like no mom you know how many i got like three or four messages separately from people that i do not know who are just followers of mine on instagram for my art mm-hmm. and they were like i needed that so much today thank you because it reminded me to take a breath take a beat and understand that people other people are going through the same things and i was like mom it helps so much for people to understand that they are not alone in those Absolutely. that journey yeah. so it's and my a, mom was like okay i just don't want employers to see that you know you it, struggle with that oh. stuff and i'm like well hopefully they see that i struggled and yeah. then i did it anyway yeah. i was i was like you know what I I had a bad day today, but I did yeah. it anyway, you know? It's, it's good to be human. It's good to be authentic. Yes, people people are putting more importance on authenticity. I am um, nothing but myself. Yeah. Most, like, yeah, I mean, to I, my detriment sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, I, I mean, I'll bring up a uh, probably irrelevant to most of our listeners, but I'm a baseball fan. Mm. <laughs> and uh, Joey Votto is probably my favorite player right now. And if you haven't heard of him, you can look him up. He's a 37-year-old player right now. And what um, team does he play for? The Cincinnati Reds. Oh, okay. Of course. Um, but he struggled with mental health uh, during his 2009 campaign, I think it was, or something like that. His father passed away, right? And nobody really knew what was going on with Joey Votto. We knew that he was a decent player, that he was doing good, but then he just dropped out. He dropped out for like a couple months off the face of the earth. We were like, I don't even know if he's going to play anymore. One of his theme songs when he was like going to bat was like Paint It Black. And we were like, oh God, I don't know what's happening with this guy. Yeah. And it was weird to see because he didn't talk about it much, right? Until after. And now that he's 37, he seems like he is. A complete open book. He's a he's authentic. He's funny. He's having a good time. That's what it should be. Yeah. And that's what it should be. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I don't know if it's different if he would have talked about that early on or, you know, who knows? I don't know. Joey I Votto, mean, but. being somebody who is 36 or about to be 36 in like mm-hmm. two weeks ish. <laughs> Um, or pot- potentially by the time this episode comes out, <laughs> yeah, actually, right. Happy birthday yep, right. It'll be <laughs> like, let's see when I actually want to look, I'm curious. This episode will drop. It'll drop on my birthday. No so happy kidding. birthday to me happy today. Birthday, so woo. <laughs> um, uh, where was it going with this? I don't know. Somebody's birthday. Oh, 36. 36. Thank yeah, you. Yeah. Um, I 20, your twenties are I'm, rough. Oh, fuck if you yeah. are tw- if you are somewhere in your 20s and you're oh. listening to this podcast, it sucks. It sucks. It just it gets better. It, yeah, <laughs> it and, gets better. And I wouldn't say I wouldn't say like I would like my 20s were better than my teens. Right. Like everything got progressively better, in my opinion, in terms of the mental health aspect, though, it was the biggest struggle in my 20s. Yeah, because you are you're so more aware I think of yourself. Well, you're so exposed. Yeah. I mean, for the first time in your life, you don't have a routine. You don't have friends that you have. You don't have your sure. base. You're in the world. <laughs> like, yeah. and you have to go figure it out? What the yeah. fuck? <laughs> I mean, they say, like, I think it's is it 23 or 24. One of those is, like, literally the roughest year. Mm-hmm. It's documented that it's, like, literally the roughest year for yeah. every human being ever. Oh, yeah. And <clears throat> I can concur. it's true. Yeah. I would say that if you're around that age... It sucks. Mm-hmm. And I just think it's like you're it's just that you're trying to figure it out and you feel like you're not figuring it out fast enough and everybody else around you has it more figured out than you do. And yeah. they don't. No, they don't. And they still no. don't. And I still don't. And nope. my mom still doesn't. And my grandpa still doesn't. Joey Votto still doesn't. Yes. <laughs> you know, it's like nobody, nobody knows n- what they're doing. <laughs> yeah. It, but the important thing is that it's different for everybody and everybody's going through that same thing. So talking about it can help you figure out what exactly you need to to figure that out you know yeah. I, I just had to figure out a lot but you need specific things because i'm a different person than you are yeah I'm, you know something that works for me is not going to work for you right totally um, mental health is that dynamic it's we're just, we're just learning yeah we're just learning about it so it's a lot of new stuff yeah. to figure yeah. out yeah i think a lot of it comes from self-reflection though and yeah. having that time to take and I, uh, realize yeah because that's the only way to do it i mean mm-hmm. i wish it would have been talked about in school a little bit more like oh, totally. you know a health class to bring up mental health would have been nice and how to just handle it. Yeah, and I mean, it's, it's always stuff, just like, if you're depressed, you know, come talk call, to us. Call yeah, this number exactly. It's, it's like, it, there's mm. not, they don't dive into it much more than that. It's just, so. not, it would be nice to know that, like, you know, people in their 20s struggle. You're not happy. You, it's the first time in your career you're in an entry level job. So you, you, your expectations of where you think you should go are not immediate, right? Yeah. And you think that, oh, you're going to be this great 
in my case, creative director by the time you're 25 and you're like, oh, fuck, I got to wait another 40 years. The fuck? I'm only 20. Like, what are you talking about? I got to wait till I'm 50 something to, you know, get in a great. I mean, and that's I, and I it's a harsh reality for me where I was like, I'm not ready for this. I'm definitely not ready. I'm, am I ever going to be ready for this? I don't know that yeah. I'm ever going to be ready for this. Mm-hmm. So I didn't have any expectations of getting anywhere. Oh, because... for me, it was totally that. I was like, oh, man, pump the brakes. Where the fuck am I right now? Yeah. How, how long do I have to go? You know, kind of thing. Yeah. So I don't know. Um, you want to dive into some topics yeah, here? So, yeah. Um, we wrote down a couple of things. Yeah, yeah. So let's see. Uh, we want to talk about <laughs> we, like typical feelings. We prepared. That, right. Yeah. Don't you love when we actually have a bullet pointed list mm-hmm. that we like to discuss? Um, typical feelings for artists and designers. Um, I'm actually going to recommend a YouTube channel right now. Mm, yeah, um, yeah. YouTube channel is called um, Struthless. S-T-R-U-T-H-less. And... Um, he is like kind of an artist and animator type guy, but his instead of doing like tutorial videos like everybody else does, like my top 10 Photoshop brush tips or whatever, mm-hmm. SketchUp tips, his are all focused on the mental health aspect of being um, an artist. And he has a ton of videos and I would highly recommend because he has great advice and his videos are funny. Um, and he's Australian, so he has a cool accent and I would highly recommend <laughs> Worth that. it. <laughs> yeah, he's a cool dude. Um, so yeah, we're just going to talk about some typical feelings that artists and designers feel. For and, sure. Um, right out the gate, one of the big things that you're probably going to experience is interview anxiety. Yep. And um, throughout all this, I think it's interesting because like we said before, Tina has different yep. mental health you know, things Concerns, that she's dealing with yeah. that I have because I am in a completely different mind space, yep. right? Um, so you don't really have interview anxiety. I don't, I don't get interview anxiety. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think of it like I get butterflies going into the room or like, you know, meeting them for the first time. But I feel like <clears throat> it's like I'm at school and I'm asked to do a presentation on a project that I've been working on the whole semester. Mm-hmm. Piece of cake for me. I fucking love talking about that yeah. shit because I know the ins and out of that project. Right. So going into an interview is very similar for me. It's not like a history report that I didn't read the book on <laughs> sure. and I got to go up and talk about it. Yeah. And now that's when I freak out. That's when I get really anxious. Sure. But for me, talking through my portfolio is very stand. I mean, I, I like it. I enjoy it. I, I really like get into the tips and like, oh, that was, yeah, I remember doing that. I remember doing this. Right. And, All your little talking st- through, stories yeah. that come along with that. Talking through process is, is easy for me. Sure. Right? Um, so I don't get too much interview anxiety and a lot of it I think is like not caring (laughs) I mean it's weird but like if you go into a job interview thinking oh my god I need this This fucking interview is not going to make or break you right you know you could need this job right now it's very possible that you could desperately need this job for monetary reasons you're not going to die because you didn't didn't get the job yes right it's going to be okay the best thing to do is to not care about the job. Yeah. <laughs> That'll get you the job. It's weird. But when you go in just saying like, okay, I'm just here to meet people and we'll see how it goes. And if it goes great, it goes great. If it yeah. doesn't, it doesn't. Um, I mean, uh, it's not meant to be. So a little side note. Um, I, in my graduate program for theater, we, um, for whatever reason, Brian Cranston was on on campus one day specifically cool. visiting our theater department <laughs> if people don't know he's walter white from the breaking bad series very famous actor if you don't um, know that if you don't you know that watch breaking bad because <laughs> it's literally one of the best pieces of television in the past like 10 years or whatever yeah um so he was randomly there to just like 
talk to I think he was there because a screenwriter his favorite screenwriter was a pal of his and he actually graduated from UT Austin so the screenwriter was there and so he brought Brian Cranston along for fun I have no idea so he was there and we all went to like a little lecture talk that he was giving and he said one of the things that um he noticed being an actor is hard Mm mm-hmm you get a lot of rejection. Absolutely. You audition and you audition yeah. and you audition and you get told no and no, yeah. no, exactly. And he said that he had a mental switch that happened and then he realized that he started to get all these other jobs like Malcolm in the Middle and yeah. then Breaking Bad and now he's done like a couple movies and like he said that it changed after he changed his mentality about going into the interview and one of the things that happened was that he noticed beforehand that him and a lot all of his actor buddies all of his actor friends they were going into these in, into these auditions and they were desperate they were desperate for the job and that desperation showed showed and mm-hmm. it was like what do you need me to do like I'll do anything you want you know mm-hmm. and and Nobody wants to work with that. People don't want to work with that. But they also, so I'll, this is what happened, basically. Mm-hmm. So he actually changed his dynamic and his approach of how he did her doing those. And he was like, that is so focused on me and my issues of needing work that I'm not showing them that I want to help them solve a problem. Mm-hmm. They have a character that they need to fill that character with an actor who they think is going to fill that personality in that role of that character and i need to show them that i can solve that problem for them mm-hmm. and so that it turned very outwardly focused of like you guys need me to read this part great you're looking for this in an actor okay here's what i have to offer let me show you how i'm going to help solve that issue yeah. and he said that it was such a simple change yeah. that it totally like flipped everything and then those people you know those producers or you know casting directors in those meetings started to be like okay yeah we can work with this guy because he's willing to like address the needs that we want to and he wants to work through the issues and it was a big change yeah that's one of the that's one of the good points that i'll bring up too is like present preparing for an interview specifically about 3d modeling or about cad drafting right Ta- if you, tailoring your portfolio to to fit the yep. team right mm-hmm. if you're especially an entry level if you're like going for a cad position don't show them how you're a great writer you know it's like right tailor yourself to fit the team now and then mold yourself later right, right? um or just definitely. like you can have a couple pages at the end that says hey and i also do this oh yeah and, and i also this do this and this and this, and this. If yeah. you guys need that cool but that's a great point presenting yourself as a team player that fits into the need yep. that i am they, helping you yeah. solve a problem and if they see you as the, the the thing that fits into that hole or that need hell yeah they're yeah. gonna hire you absolutely yeah, exactly that's a great and, point for me, I very similar. I do get butterflies before yeah, I go into yeah. an interview. Yeah, so tell us about it. So <laughs> I do get butterflies before I go into an interview. Um, and typically, once I'm in there, I'm good. I'm yeah. golden. I love people. I'm a people person. I have no problem being my authentic self. Mm-hmm. However, I can get in my head when I'm in there. And I'm not getting the responses that I want. Uh, you're reading the room. And yeah. I'm reading the room. That's and a I'm hard like, thing to I'm do. showing my portfolio so and I'm not getting any reactions <laughs> and there's no yeah. discussion happening. And is this good enough? Yeah. Do you not like what I'm showing you? Should I skip ahead? It, do you want me to explain this more? <laughs> you get like, in the I, you, you yeah. raised your eyebrow a little yeah. bit there, you know, mm-hmm. and I start to get 
into mm-hmm. my head about that. And that's where I have an interview anxiety is that even before I go in there, I'm like, am I going to have one of those episodes where I'm overthinking everything? Yeah, that's a great point. I think it's better when there are more people, honestly. Oh, yeah. I think I think because if this person's not paying attention to me and not I'll giving it, on I'm going to gonna, yeah, I'm gonna, like move over to the people when, who are giving me feedback. when you're in an interview one on one and the guys and feeling you, yeah, man. Oh, it's it's like, yeah, walking it's like through so should I see myself out right yeah, now? It's like, OK, so um, I can go fuck myself. Right? Yeah, or... It's like, come on. Like <laughs> yeah. when I like having a bunch of people in interviews, yeah. I mean, you have six or seven, you can lock you can eyes up, with one, yep. you can nod heads, you uh-huh. can do this. And you, you get know. feedback from there's yeah. always going to be somebody who's more interested in an And you can never predict what the interviewer is going through the right. day that they're interviewing you they could, could be, be like oh i have to cram this i have in a meeting in 15 minutes let's I'm go supposed to go pick up my sick grandma at the airport <laughs> yeah. in 20 minutes and yeah. i don't you just don't know or i woke up on the wrong side of bed who cares right. you know whatever right. it just is having a bad day generally you yeah. can't control that part mm-hmm. so sometimes you do get into situations where it's literally like walking through quicksand and you're just not hitting anything you're yeah. just you're firing at the target and it's off yeah. every fucking way <laughs> and that's gonna happen it's but, gonna happen you're gonna get them sometimes but sometimes taking that as like you know what i'm coming here to just practice you know my interviewing and whether i get the job or not is irrelevant but i'm gonna do the best i can at being an interviewee right yeah and and take it from there right and if, if all it is is i learned something or i came out of it as a better interviewee kind of person great yeah and take it for what it is yep. <clears throat> you're not going to get every position that you're interviewing right for, you right know? and i think that's one of the things that i i learned quickly is that that helped my interview anxiety is mm-hmm. that I just realized I'm going to go in there and be my authentic self. And this is something generally that I have learned now that I'm like over 30. Like I said, 20s suck is because I think a lot of your 20s are spent figuring out how to please other people Mm. and wondering if people like you. I would you agree. know, and being so concerned 100%. about yep. whether people like you and you want, mm-hmm. cause in high school, you know, they want everybody to get along and everybody yeah. to be friends. And, um, as I've gotten older, I'm like, right, I'm not going to be certain people's cup of tea. And those people are not going to be my cup of tea and we're just not going to be friends mm-hmm. and it's fine and we move on. And the same yeah. thing is going to happen in interviews yeah. that you're just not going to click with some people. And guess what? You don't want that company then either. You don't want to no, be, you're no. interviewing them yeah. too, you know? No. Yeah, absolutely. And you don't want to be there if you don't feel like your authentic self is going to fit in that yeah, you have to, place. You should always think you have value. Like you are a valuable asset. Yeah. No matter what you are, how good you are at something compared to somebody else, you are valuable, right? Right. You do a service that they need, right? So yeah, you are interviewing them as well. You, you should, are. That's why those questions, that's why when the, you ask questions to at them, the end, it's yeah. important because they feel mm-hmm. like, oh, they're interested in how we go about our business. They're interested in where they're, you know, going to fit in in the team. Fit in, exactly. You know, it's that shows that you actually go beyond just okay i just told you about myself i'm out yeah yep, I gotta, I gotta, and obviously you know. like just saying all this stuff is like this is coming from a very privileged point of view in that we can um not worry about taking which jobs you know because there's a lot of people out there who they have to take the job because they need to sure so just something to keep in mind when we are talking about mm-hmm. this that it's like it's easy to give it, this kind of advice yeah, but sometimes it, at the end of the day if you need the job you need the job yeah, you it's, know it's interesting because you know a lot of people <clears throat> at least I, I I wouldn't say a lot of people. I feel like um, early on in my career, I felt like I had to be in a certain position, right? Mm-hmm. And if I wasn't in that position, then I wasn't being successful, right? Sure. Um, because everybody saw that position 
everybody else externally in either my life or you know outside saw that position as something to be looked up on sure. right as you were you were successful you made it right <clears throat> and i learned very quickly that that shit just doesn't matter to you personally it matters to them right it matters to everybody else like if you go to a conference and you say oh i'm a yada 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 well people start to like think oh yeah, he knows his shit, right? Right. Whereas if you're saying, oh, I'm working for Sud and Sud, and they're like, who's Sud, you know, who's yada yada? And at that point, it doesn't matter to them, but it sure shit matters to me. Sure. Because I work for no, you know, no name company because I love it, right? Because I am with friends like Tina or, right. you know, other people. I, I learned quickly to get over that. Mm-hmm. And I think I was one of the lucky ones to to be in a position to take a job that got me out of wanting that position. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Something else to consider. Yeah. Cool. Um, Yeah. So one of the other things typical for artists and designer is imposter syndrome. Um, Imposter syndrome is the easiest way to explain it is that you feel like you're an imposter in the situation. (laughs) It's pretty pretty (laughs) self-explanatory that you feel like that they're going to figure out that you don't know what you're doing and that you don't belong there for X amount of reasons. Yeah. A lot of it like fake until you make it right kind of thing. And you're like faking it and then you're like, Oh shit, they're going to discover me. Right. Right. (laughs) But newsflash, everybody's faking it until they make it. Absolutely. Yeah. Cause Especially in our industry, yeah, nobody has designed Rise of the Resistance before. And, Nobody's and, done that before, and, so it's it's not an accounting firm. In a lot of in a lot of industries, <laughs> you know? it's not a math equation. Yes, right? and you know, you talk about theater, you talk about any one of those creative subjective mm-hmm. things. Nobody knows what, what is to going to be you're successful. Continually creating yeah, you can, new things. You can be the Joe Rody who you know has a system of like, okay, I research really heavily. I do this. I, I get to know, and I, I make successful things, right? But even him, he could end up doing or making a product that is not fitting the need of the demographic. Yeah, right. Because it is so subjective, mm-hmm. and where we go and what projects we build are culturally I mean, based. One of the things that's prime example of that is Rivers of Light. Yeah, Rivers right. of Light is you know it did not do that well. Yeah, um, Joe Rody's had bad projects. Yeah, I mean, it, it happens to the best of yeah. us, man. And it's like that just didn't hit right with people, and certain people absolutely loved it. But you're, you're you know. not going to nail every project. Yeah, and if you're a designer, you're not going to nail every. <laughs> if, I, if there's one thing I learned of being a designer at Hedema, is that every design I do is not going to be the the one that they're going to pick. Sure, I have done hundreds of iterations yeah. on one door. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so like, I mean, you just, you, you, you do the job that you're, you think you need to do to the best of your ability. And at some point you either get a yes or you get a no. Sure. And if you get a no, you keep going until you right, get a yes. Right. Cause it doesn't mean that you're a bad designer. <laughs> no. It doesn't mean that you don't belong yeah. there. And I mean, that's, this tags onto another one that we were talking about, but like taking design decisions too personally. Oh yeah. Yeah. You know? Right, yeah. So, mm-hmm. um, cause I think that's one of the things that sets off that imposter syndrome is that they didn't choose my idea. So, oh. or the, I feel like they never choose my idea mm-hmm. so am i bad uh, do i not belong here you know and yeah. don't you cannot take those decisions yeah. too personally and the, it's hard because it's literally your work yeah. it's literally your your brain power that you put out on that piece of paper there, and then somebody doesn't you know i shouldn't say they don't like it but they choose something else instead yeah. there, there's a lot to unpack in this because design is so subjective and <laughs> what what i do I think is the appropriate thing, obviously, because yeah. I designed it to be that uh-huh. way, right? I put the door there. I want, that's why I, I want the door uh-huh. there. It's very hard when somebody tells you, oh, okay, well, I don't like that. 
or I don't want that there, mm-hmm. or that should be a window instead because nobody's going to walk out there, sure. you know, whatever it is. <clears throat> the hardest thing as a entry level designer is to say, holy shit, this guy hates my work. I am awful at my job. I don't know what I'm going to do. What am I going to do next? Yeah. You know, the, you have to literally shut that off and go, okay, that's a sketch that I can crumble up and throw in the trash yep. mm-hmm. and start over. Mm-hmm. Um, if you don't do that and you linger on those designs and you, it just is like, it's like one of those it's painful. Yeah. But it's like a, a virus that attaches to you and just grows mm-hmm. because like now you're thinking that, Oh man, there should have been a door there. Like, Oh, now I'm doing this window. Oh, I can't get past it. Yeah. Uh, and you'd be like, okay, it to- the mentality should be like, now we're doing a window. How now is we're doing this the best freaking window? It's going to be the best fucking window yep. I ever do. Right. <laughs> you have to, you have to throw it away. Yep. Just, just scrap it and throw it. Right. Yeah. And just because they denied you one idea does not, does not mean, mean you're a bad designer. It doesn't at no, all. Yeah. Not at all. It's just a preference thing. And a lot of people, a lot of the times I'm wrong and, and it's good to have somebody behind me who's looking at it and says, no, that's not art nouveau. That's art deck or you know whatever sure. it is and it's yeah. like oh shit yeah that is yeah, yeah. Should be i mean a lot a of times reference. those decisions come along with like you know well we're actually that's going to be an egress for and oh you yeah. know so we yeah, can't a lot put of, it there yeah. and, a lot of that comes to like you know, architectural codes and standards yeah. and stuff changes exactly and, yeah. so a lot of that ends up being that as well so yeah i mean i would say 75 percent of is that is just design program changes right the other 25 is actually like preference of like the creative director or you know the uh, even i would say of that 75 percent like 50 percent of it is just fucking about money <laughs> like, absolutely being able you to can't afford, afford that it's like you designed a beautiful designed door great. but guess what it's for just me gonna personally, be the one we got at home depot <laughs> yeah for me personally yeah. it was over i had a problem with over designing uh especially yeah. early on was oh yeah 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 I that's mean, a very typical thing for oh, young designers yeah. is going over the top when it was like i just asked you to design a door <laughs> And you Designed literally gave me like a spaceport to, you know, it's like, it's, Actuators it's a door. And yeah. yeah, yeah. And um, it's just like, just chill. I mean, it's one of the things I learned from my professor, Mike Devine, which was, you know, push it, you know, push, push the, push it to 11, push it, you know, take that theming and add another 10 layers on top yeah. of it, right? And just make it better, you know, keep pushing. So I take that to work with me. So, so when you asked me to do a door, I'm like, okay, okay, I'm going to push this. This is going to be the greatest door ever. And, you know, comes back and the creative director goes you know this is an exit door right (laughs) needs a bar on it and it needs to be cheap and you know we can't spend yeah it's gonna be fire rated so it can't have all this junk on it or whatever yeah so a lot of the times you get hung up in these designs that don't even you didn't even start right you know you're kind of like caught up in the entry so don't let that stuff well but and then that uh, often comes back into a feedback loop of like oh why didn't i know this sooner and like pick up on that sooner and i did this again where i well that's that's the oh man i I always do this i always went over design god i see that as the lesson of okay i have i have something that i do and in the first thing you it's always awareness right i am aware that i over design Mm -hmm. i i am now very aware that that's what i do right so then i have to ask myself immediately when i start designing okay what is the purpose of this Mm -hmm. you know what why is it needed again i'm not just designing the greatest door ever i'm asking myself these questions so that when the guy comes over he learns function over form you know well it's also you're just you're not 
you're not questioning that you didn't know this or that, oh, I should have known that this was, you're not going in that mental state that just keeps you driving you down and down and down. Yeah. You're just, you're, you, you sucked, <laughs> you lost it and just take the nugget and do it yeah. again. Yeah. Right? And I mean, and, a lot of that, I think just comes with age too. Yes. And experience. Like, there is, yeah. yeah. There is so much as you get with, with a lot of these design projects that you might work on, there's just so much to keep track of Yeah, that it can be overwhelming and it gets easier as you get older, you know? Yeah. Like, well, yeah. I mean, again, it's, it's about understanding the context and right. a lot of that's not going to come at entry level. So when you are an entry level and you have these issues of either over designing or not thinking about one thing or the other, don't get your hurt feelings. Don't, don't get down on yourself. That's totally normal. Yeah. I've gone through that a thousand times. Yeah. And yeah. It's, Cause I mean, I've definitely had projects where I've been working with somebody who's under me and we were designing like, you know, a theater and like on Mm -hmm. a cruise ship and it's like okay it needs to you can't have more than 14 seats that people are crossing to get to the center part it needs to have x amount of feet for um Mm -hmm. you know exit space this is also a muster station it's also got to be waterproof because it's on a cruise ship it's got to be how are you at an entry level right you're not expected my assistant who's actually figuring out the floor plan you know he would bring it over to me and then i would cross everything out and move everything and he's like oh man i just (laughs) did all that work and i was like no this is my job to remind you that like and these now are you've all learned. the parameters. Yeah, now you're going to go back learned. and you're going to yeah. remove these and it's going to be great. You yeah. know, yeah. so a lot of it just comes with age. Too, absolutely. So. Absolutely. Don't take it personal is the big thing. But with age too, I was like, I still, I know people who are literally 55 year old creative directors and they, they go, they're going to figure out that I don't belong here. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it, it never ends. So absolutely. it's, and I, but I think that's one of the things like talking about it being like, right, this is a completely normal feeling. Yep. Move on. Yep. You belong here. You obviously were hired for this job. And, it's fine. <laughs> and, and the only thing you can do is the best of your ability at that time. Yep. Right. Don't put pressure on yourself. That's external. That is unnecessary. Yep. It's the best you can do with what knowledge you have currently and weigh on your team to get the right knowledge. Don't yep. just rely on yourself. You know, look to your other team's members who have specialties in certain areas. Right. Yeah. To help, you know, guide that through. We're all in right? this together, man. All, all, in together. <laughs> um, all right. So next topic, um, social media. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh boy. Yeah. You want to go first or me? <laughs> um, I'll go first. Okay. You got it. Um, social media. It <laughs> is a new factor in our lives in the uh, past, like what, 10, 15 years. Yeah. You know, I grew up, uh, Facebook was in, uh, this is going to really date me, I think for probably a lot of listeners, uh, but Facebook for me was not invented until my sophomore year of college. Uh, <laughs> so I didn't have to go through high school with it. Thank yeah. God, oh my God, thank God I didn't have to go through high school with that shit. Yeah. Um, but it can be both good and bad. For mm-hmm. me, I sometimes I hate it, sometimes I love it. Mm-hmm. It's all dependent. Like the thing that I really love about it is that it connects me with other artists, connects me with other designers that I've never met before. But there's been people that I've met on a job and been like, oh my God, you know what? I actually follow you on Instagram. And they're like, oh my God, Tina. Oh, yeah, I follow you on Instagram, you know, and we've met to get later and been like, oh, yeah, no, I love your work on there. And so there are instances where it's really great to have that base on social media. And um, like my Instagram, 
I basically don't have any of my personal friends on Instagram yeah. anymore. I it used to be like just totally. everybody, just, anybody, yeah. all my Social friends. Network, yeah, 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 exactly. Like just like Facebook. Mm -hmm. And I quickly was like, no, that's Facebook is for that if I want it. You mm -hmm. know, all of those people are relegated to that platform now. Yeah. Now for me, Instagram is totally work related and art and design related. So when I scroll through there, it's very inspiring because wow every i'm just seeing beautiful art pieces and beautiful art pieces of every people doing amazing, amazing drawings and 3d models and they whipped it up in blender and did these amazing and i'm like <laughs> wow that's so cool and half the time it gets me like you know what i'm gonna go over to the computer and i'm gonna start doing something right now and it gets me really jazzed right yeah. and then other times I'm like, I am shit. Oh my God. I'm just <laughs> I can't scrolling. Do any of this. Yeah. It's doom scrolling, right? Uh -huh. And you're just like, oh my God, like yep. this just confirms I'm not I'm no good. I might oh. as well just quit. Yep. Um, because everybody is more talented than me. Yeah. Um, and so you really need to have a balance of what Yeah, I, how to approach that. But Jake has a totally different I yeah, I have a different kind of just take on it. Um that's uh I, don't Yeah, yeah. I mean <laughs> I mean, the first thing I grew up with was MySpace. Okay. Oh yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Definitely. You know, that was like fucking. I don't know. Nowhere near the potential that your top you know, eight. Well, nowhere near the <laughs> the potential of getting into those doom scrolling opportunities. Like MySpace yeah. was just my. You know, you I just mean, you fired up a page, you pictures, did whatever. You know? Yeah, exactly. And that was kind of the intro. That was it. And then well, I mean, obviously, social media has changed a great deal, massively. especially even in the last I, four years. Yeah. You know, we've seen it completely transform into like a place where people completely spew all their political ideologies. You yeah. know, I mean, fa I didn't get on Facebook until high school, maybe. Um, and even on Facebook in high school, I was not that active, right? I just didn't, I didn't get gratification out of it. It wasn't great. And I was on it every day. So yeah. And I, I didn't get a lot out of that, but I eventually when I went to college and, um, went to, you know, into the professional world, <clears throat> I was, I was going through Facebook a lot and it was doing nothing good for me. Right. Like you said, doom scrolling kind of thing. Um, you know, a lot of the times it makes you feel like you're meaningless. I mean, you see all these people who are doing these There's great things. There's a hundred people that do the exact same thing. How would mine ever or, stand out against them? Or not only in work, but in life, right? You you see well, your friends the good shit. going out, you know, having a good time because they're smiling at a baseball game, even though they could be pissed off the whole baseball game. Yeah. Maybe smiling for that two seconds. But anyway, it, that that shit was so toxic for me early on in my career that I could not handle it. Like yeah, I I was done. Um, so I cut the cord. Um, I don't have a Facebook anymore. The only <laughs> I do have a Facebook. It's for uh, the Oculus Two, and it's completely private. <laughs> right, I've never posted exactly. on it. Just because it's I had to have account. one to yeah. start the Oculus. But stuff. even even my Instagram is. I don't think I've posted on Instagram in a long time. Yeah, you haven't. Um, yeah, I mean, <laughs> I, don't, I don't do any of that. I, the only social media I use is Reddit. And the benefit I see from social media, to, a, to your point, is the knowledge or the exposure that you get with other great art projects, yes. right? Mm -hmm. And with Reddit, I can follow certain channels that are like, um, damn, that's interesting, or Black Magic, Aww. or, you know, whatever. The cute furry animals. The furry, yeah, <laughs> the furry of animals you, one. Of course you furry animals. <laughs> but I like things that, that 
push me to learn more or see see a different thing or see a new technology like the LED flames that they have now you know yeah. that you can do and I mean I think one of the things that's really nice about Reddit is the voting system yeah of the comments getting so like mm-hmm. all those kind of bullshit comments that nobody likes anyway get voted down mm-hmm. so only the most relevant comments end up being in within scrolling range right. and I think that's really beneficial because I, it does get rid of a lot of those like I think it's also more newspapery to me it's not so personal um, when I was on Facebook a lot, I, f- I felt like I was seeing, fr- I get this with LinkedIn sometimes and you know, sometimes yeah, LinkedIn is a weird platform, very weird. But, but sometimes when you're on LinkedIn and you're just scrolling to see who's who, you know, who's doing what now or something, um, I'll be scrolling through and you'll see something that somebody's done that's successful or something. And you're one, you're happy for them. You're like, Oh, that's cool. I'm really happy for them. But I'm also like, damn, I haven't done anything like that. Like, yeah, you know, what am I doing wrong? And that's a bad thing. And you need to avoid, yeah. if you're getting those feelings when you're on social media, Stay you need to cut it. the cord, yeah. man. It is not And that's what I say. Like it. sometimes for me, when I'm on social media, sometimes I'm really jazzed and I'm really excited. Right. Yeah. And then it's been really important for me to recognize what mood I'm in. Mm-hmm. If I am in the mood that I am, I'm never going to, wow, I didn't do anything during the pandemic and... wow these people yeah i'm I'm useless and i can't and i'm never going to be that good and if i'm in that mindset i like say okay off you you have to know when to turn it off yes and you gotta break it if you do not it is it is just destroys your mental health yeah um not only from a work but from a life and you know both are extremely important but Man, that is that's why I cut the cord, man. I cannot do it anymore. Yeah, because some people can't delineate those things for themselves. And if you are having trouble with that, I yeah. would recommend just staying away from it. Yeah, I'm one of those people. Like, I'll get on there and I'll just get more depressed than I will good. And yeah. I just I just got rid yeah. of it. Yeah, <laughs> and if you are a person that recognizes that you can have good days and bad days, just recognize when your bad day is yep. and get off. You Absolutely. Know? There's no yeah. reason. I think there is just like this... When I, I'm sure you probably experienced this. People go, you're not on Facebook? Yeah. What do you mean you're not on Facebook? Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like there's just this, like, what do you mean you've never seen this famous movie? Yeah. You know? Oh, there's and it's this, like, there's this dog that looks like Oakley, apparently, on TikTok or something. Uh, I've never been on TikTok in my yeah, life. Yeah, I don't know. I'm not on TikTok either. But they add, they're like, oh, your dog. Look, and I'm like, never heard of this dog. That's great. <laughs> like, great. great. I, but that's, I have no idea what you're Yeah, I mean, but it's one of those things where it's just doesn't make you like a better person or like that you're part of a society it's like you read a different you read a different newspaper okay yeah you you read the tabloids that are about like the different people and i read about like what's interesting in technology right Right. on reddit so you know people have their preferences but you have to be getting good out of it if you're looking at your friends list and you're like yeah this is fun this look up at this person this is cool i'm gonna try and do something like that great that is a good source for you you need to use it but if you're having negative feelings in either one of these situations you need to just cut Pump the, the brakes. Yeah. Yep. I mean, totally. Yeah. Cool. All right. Um, you have one expectations of your first day. You wrote yeah. that one down. What do you want to talk about with that one? Yeah. I had this with Hedema. Um, you know, Hedema was one of the first jobs that I felt like I wasn't prepared for the job. Sure. Um, I mean, we all kind of mass exodus our previous job to go over there yeah. really quickly. So, yeah. um, and I don't think any of us were really prepared to leave their no. previous job. So no. yeah. Um, you know, I took a three year hiatus. Um, and then I came back and I worked for EDC where I met you, but I was an art director and, you know, coming back from a three year hiatus, I immediately don't know any of the programs that I used to know. Mm-hmm. Right. 
Um, so I'm trying to figure out just what I'm good at and all that stuff. And, you know, eventually, uh, I latched onto CAD cause we were doing a DD package. Right. So I got, you know, I started those wheels started turning. I was like, okay, I'm in the groove. This is great. And then I go apply for Hedema and I had no clue what the hell they wanted me to do. I mean, I wrote down SketchUp on my thing just because I knew it like five years ago or something, but I didn't really know it. I mean, I hadn't worked on it in five years. So I, I put down like a five on it. You know, like I know how to ro- ro- yeah. orbit. <laughs> you had like a, you're talking about you had like a scale. Yeah, the scale of, you know, yeah, you put like on you your put resume. On your, like, I'm really you good know, at this. I really feel like good. I'm really good. Out of 10, yeah. I'm a five, right? Yeah. Um, and I got hired for the job because I knew Scott. Um, mm-hmm. And I think that was a big proponent of why, I mean, I was essentially quote unquote Scott's assistant at that point, right? right? For the p- specific project I was on. But the big thing they wanted me to do was SketchUp. And you go home and you're like, Wah! oh man, I was like, I was like, oh, SketchUp fuck. tutorial. Yeah. I was yeah. like, I, I mean, yeah, I got to know. Like, and thankfully, I'm, I'm really good at picking up programs. Like, that is one of my, you are, my yeah. fortes is like, yeah. I can pick up a program and just go. Um, so I was fortunate enough to, to dive in and, and run with it. But that first day, man, holy shit. If you don't, if you're not confident in your ability to do the certain program that you were tasked with or something, I would highly recommend doing as much research beforehand, diving yeah. in, making sure that you can handle it because the first day is always, to me, it's always about testing somebody's speed. I, I Oh, sure. I think that's like, if I, if I'm an art director at least, and I'm hiring somebody. I want to know how much they can do in how little time, right? Yeah, interesting. That's that's what that's what I'm, what's on I my mind. I see. I would not on a first day. Oh man, first time in a like no no way. I, I'm see, a sink or me, swim. Yep. Well, I mean, but I'm going to be like, there's a ton of factors going on here yeah. that this person is have it has at play yeah. that they're probably not going to be on their tip top game. See, and that's what I I like. I I would like to test. That I don't want to work for you ever. Take <laughs> Because and honestly, I like being I'm in not, those situations. Well, the other thing too is I think this is really interesting between you and I. Mm-hmm. When I'm working on something, I am not like, I have to get this done as fast <laughs> as humanly possible. And I think you are that way. I am. Yeah. And I'm not that way. Yeah. I'm like, I'm not like lollygagging, mm-hmm. right? But I'm like, okay, I'm doing this. I'm figuring it out until yeah. I get to a point where I'm like, okay, I know how these people save their files. I yeah. know when my lunch break is going to be and I know where the bathroom is and yeah. I know how to talk to this person. Like there's so many other factors that are in my head on, especially that first like week. Sure. I would not judge a person personally. Sure. For me, if you're listening to this right now, I would say, <laughs> don't worry about it. Like, I, don't I would let say that worry pressure, about it. <laughs> don't let the pressure of that first now, this, day. This is, I mean, if you're super slow, then it's going to be a problem yeah or if so, you don't know that program and it is very evidently obvious that you don't know anything about that program right we've we've let people go absolutely that and, day yeah and and i would say as long as you're prepared and you know that you're a good designer and you're confident you should have no problems like yeah, you shouldn't right. freak out that much no you, no, no you're if fine. you know what you're doing and you 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 put down cad or you put down sketchup okay i know it yep ready to go yeah. like, what do you want me to, okay open this file okay great like but if you open that file and you're like oh, i don't fuck, even know where the, the save layers? button like, yeah 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 yeah. Uh, general functionality uh, of the of the and it program takes, and software. all day you're just fiddling around with like how to push something you know it's like okay you need some help yeah so i was very uh, that first day at hedema i was very adamant on like okay i need to show that i can i can work this program because I hadn't worked on it in five fucking years, yeah. right? Um, and Scott was very like, oh, okay, 
you need to, if you're not going fast enough, we'll let you know, don't worry about it, you know, kind of thing. But we, we need, I have like 50 things on my list and we need to get them done by like the end of the week or something like that. Like something crazy like that. Sure. And I was like, oh fuck, okay, cool. <laughs> alarm, what do you got alarm, for me? Alarm, alarm, alarm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, okay, what do you got for me? Cause they were in the middle of a project. They were in the middle of one of their phases. I was an add on to the project. I came of, in at the same time, yeah, because, different department. And it was like all hands on deck, get this crazy. done. As, so I get the whole yeah. mentality of like, this needs to get done fast. Yeah. So maybe I'm just in Same that situation, project, yeah. right? You know, yeah. if you're at the beginning of a project with a team, you're probably a little bit, you know, ramping up. But man, I felt, I felt yeah, like... Yeah, we did come in like right in the middle. Yeah. Deadline was approaching. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. And I was able to keep up and I, I felt like I was able to keep up good and in a way that he was happy with, right? Yeah. Um, but I will say there is definitely anxiety with speed, right? Yeah. I, in in your situation, I'm sure too, right? Oh, is, totally. Is I'm. I need I need to somehow get this done to an ability that I can pass it off in the next hour. The one thing that I will say is that th- this is difference between you and I, and it's never bitten me in the ass. Mm. Is that I am definitely a person who is like I've never done that before. Just so you know, I've never done that in this particular pro. I've done a lot of other things in the program. I know how to use the program. I don't know how to do that particular thing. But don't worry. I'm going to look up a couple of YouTube videos mm-hmm. or I'm going to ask somebody. It's going to be fine. Yeah. Like I have uh, no problem telling them I'm one that of the I people, got it though. I, I'm one of the people who says I got it and don't tell them that I don't know. And I'll figure it sure, out when I know. Sure. You know, I'll figure it out on my own. But I'm yeah. one of the people who just say I got this. Don't worry about yeah, it. Yeah. I mean, I think that's me. That's my like authentic authenticity sure yeah you know? well, it's, it's, like, it's how never... we handle situations yeah, it's yeah, different it's way different. to handle it so no, i am a person who's like gonna let you know neither like, is wrong this, or right yeah yeah i was like this may take me a little bit longer than mm-hmm. you're expecting because i don't want to set up the fact that you're expecting this and then i can't figure it out and then i have yeah. to go that is that is just true kidding, you set i an... can't figure this out and i need help i would say if you're not confident and you're trying to figure it out i would set your expectation as oh, i can get it done in about half a day if you really think you can get it done in an hour right yeah you want to totally. set your expectation a little bit higher, higher. don't so tell them faster. yeah don't tell them oh yeah i can get that done in an hour yeah sure and if you don't know what the fuck you're doing exactly <laughs> you gotta and that's what i do think if there's that. a danger in being like yeah i got this and then you don't got it <laughs> because if you don't got it you, and then you got to go back to somebody and say, hey, I can't get this I done. That it. is way worse yeah. than coming in under your yeah. timeline. It, it helps so your, your mental health. very dangerous. It helps your mental health too. Yeah. Because you're not stressing out from a deadline. Like, oh my God, I'm not going to get, I'm going to not make this. That you yeah. set for yourself. Because a lot of the times you will get asked certain times that you can finish something. Like, how long is it going to take you to do this? And you have to come up with that. And that's one of the things that I personally in this industry, it mm-hmm. actually drives me crazy because a lot of times we we are working on stuff that is so brand new yeah. that I'm like, I have no idea. I've I, never drafted that particular yeah. thing in my entire life because it's never been drafted before. Yeah. It's a completely brand new uh-huh. like architectural style for this particular type of land. That, like it's literally one, a made up architectural style. Yeah. One of the most stressful things for me is saying how long is it going to take? Mm. That is, and that deals with like your first day. I feel right? like it's a it's trap. Like, I, I honestly absolutely. do. But but it's, I actually it's used frustrating. To get mad with Alex about it because I would just be like, I've never done that before. <laughs> yeah. I honestly don't no know how long it's going to take. Clue how long it's going to take. I me. mean, if I'm if I, it's going to take me an excessive, I'm going to go back to my desk. I'm going to assess. I'm going to do a few preliminary things mm-hmm. and be like, okay, this isn't that bad. I'll report back to you. But give me a little bit of time yeah. to tell you how long <clears> it's going to take. You yeah. know, like yeah. But there are, there are. I mean, the producers are trying to fill 
the hours, right? And they totally, need to, they need totally. to know how long it's going to take you to do something so they can budget for it, right? So that's an absolute question that is always going to be asked mm-hmm. of you. And you need to know that you shouldn't put yourself under that kind of pressure if you don't th- right. you don't think you're not getting it done. Like I said, I think one of the best ways to do that is if you are worried about that and you're not sure, say, hey, can I get back to you in a half an hour? Let yeah. me go open the program, make sure that I have all of it set up the way I That's want to. And to like, yep. I have my thought process and then I can tell you, how, like, give you a better estimate yep. of how long it's going to take me because yep. that way you can start writing uh, down bullet points of re- like all of the steps you need to take uh-huh. and like you can break them down into time increments. Yeah, and- I remember one of the projects that we were working on, we, um, we proposed, you know, doing the same thing for about eight different, you know, designs or something like that. And I was like, okay, why don't we just do one? I'll see how long it takes me. And then we'll, we can budget, extrapolate it times eight. Right. And say, this one might take a little longer. It's a little more in depth. But this this one one might not take as long. This one might not take as long. So we're even. So a lot of times setting up yourself and saying, yeah, let me do one of those and then I'll see where I'm at is a good way to handle it. That's a great point. Yeah. Um, Because yeah, that drives setting yourself up for failure is the worst thing. And don't, I, I think one of those things like the time that it drives me crazy is when I'm put on the spot in the like I'm sitting in an office or in a meeting mm-hmm. and they're like how long is that going to take you and I'm like I I mean I'm looking at a sketch here but yeah. I I don't like I don't, I don't know yeah uh, I have no idea like I need to see if day? I a, <laughs> I have the plugin for SketchUp that's going to do that correctly and I need to do I need to look up a YouTube tutorial to like remind myself of the last time I used that plugin or yeah. like it takes a little bit I, yeah, so a, a lot of times saying give me 30 minutes let me open it let me see the sketch and let me see what I'm dealing yeah. with and then I'll get back to you totally Hel- definitely helps yeah. yeah and I mean and with that too I would say that People are really friendly most of the time at workplaces. Uh, so yeah. if you are like, damn, I don't know how to do that in this one thing. If you go over and you talk to somebody else and you're like, hey, yeah. you know, I they actually asked me to do this. And I've never actually done that in this mm-hmm. particular program before. Do you have a plugin that you recommend? Totally. People were yeah. like more than happy to help you. Yeah, and I, it alleviates a lot, I think. I think that's a great point. I think you know, Scott wouldn't mind me saying this, but Scott's one of the biggest hard asses in our industry. Yeah, yeah, he like. definitely he's, is. He's, he's a little bit of, he comes he, off a little grumpy. He's grumpy, but, he's, but, he, but he has expectations yeah. that you, you think, oh my God, I need to set, like, holy shit. But I will say he's one of the most uh, genuinely like, that that was good or that was bad. And I'm going to tell yeah, you. Yeah, I never feel like it's vindictive or it's mean. It's never or vindictive yeah. or mean, but mm-hmm. it but it's honest. And what's great about Scott is he, he, he was receptive to if you did a bad thing and you know, okay, fix it the next time. Right. right. And I think that's important. Totally. No matter if you're, you shouldn't, I wouldn't recommend being a hard ass, but I would recommend saying, okay, you set this time for two hours and you didn't get it done. Well, okay. Next time, you know, now tell know. me, now we know, tell me that you need 30 minutes to evaluate or something. Totally. Yeah. So definitely the takeaway here is on your first day, if somebody asks you to do something you're not familiar with, Give me 30 minutes and I'll be back. Yeah, I think I'll process. Good, yeah. yeah, totally. Yep. Um, contracts, we should talk about this. Yeah, so okay. this is one that you wrote down. Yeah, so contracts and how it affects your work. Um, this is definitely huge in our industry specifically. Um, I think like my whole career has been contracts, <laughs> you know? Mine hasn't. But My whole career has been like, okay, you're here for seven months. Okay, you're here for three. Okay, you're here for six. And okay, you're Which here for Which is a totally new three. Yeah. Of way of life there's been no, for me. There's been no full-time position offered to me, right? Like it's always been contracts. I mean, you didn't think so at EDC? No, it was, no, it was not. It was a contract gig. You were never like, core, it was you a, were core team, weren't you? No. 
I was not. Oh, okay. Nope. I didn't go on that void thing with you guys. Oh, <laughs> I was that's left out. Right. Yeah. Everything I've done is contract. Silly. You would if if that would have worked out, you would have been on the core team. Yeah, probably yeah, eventually. Course, yeah. But but everything I've just done didn't deal with it. At well, the time. and our industry is is project based, so they need the project to come through, or they can't pay me. I mean, that's just the reality, sure. right? Um, you know, even in Hedema, if they don't have the projects, they're not going to keep you on full time. It's not an accounting firm. They might, you know, it's, they might float you a little bit to the next project they, so you're around. But correct. Yeah. If you're a valuable asset, you, you if you prove yourself a valuable asset in the contract, they'll float you and keep you around. Yeah. But but every job offer I've gotten is contract work, which is a great thing to bring up when we talk about mental health because it affects your work if it comes to that deadline. And you don't know the status of what you're doing next week, right? Yeah. I mean, I've been there. Yeah. And with Hadama, I've been I've there. I've been there. Yeah. yeah. Where it's like, okay, SD is ending on Friday. Yep. And schematic I have not, design for people who. Yeah, schematic design. And I have not heard anything. Yeah. So I don't know if I have a job next week. Yeah. Like, and that shit, that shit is stressful. And it definitely affects not only my home life, but how I work. And, oh, absolutely. And, I'm either trying to do too much with my time and try and prove myself or I'm like, oh man, this isn't even, I don't even know if this is worth it. Like what well, else am I going to do? And like, on the flip side of that, I've literally gone, I've had, I've had instances where they're like, yeah, we're going to keep you on, yeah. you know? And then literally two days later they were like, nope, I'm sorry. We don't have, we can't, you know, well, I mean it was pandemic related. They yeah. were like, they're bringing all back all their people from Beijing yep. and now they're taking all the projects internally. So we actually don't have that. We thought we had that project for you, but now we don't. Yeah. And I don't think I got any work done the last like right. day and a half that I was there because Fuck I was just no. like, what do I do? This is pointless. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like, why am I here? Yeah. yeah. So and it can it's get tough. Like, it can it's get hard. like that when you're a week from your contract yeah. end and you don't see any work left. Uh-huh. And you have to do your best to leave the greatest impression that you can. Mm -hmm. And sometimes the greatest, try not to let it get to you. Sometimes the greatest impression is not forcing it. Right. And sometimes the greatest impression is not just fucking dipping out. Right. Right. Absolutely. Don't dip. Do not, (laughs) do not be like, well, fuck it. I don't, I don't have, I don't see any work for me next week. So I I don't know. I'll just take a long lunch and you know, yeah, don't do don't do that shit. But also I would recommend don't freak out and, start asking the general manager what what's happening this week when have it you know what am i am yeah. i still on am i just just continue do the best you can to you can not pose worry the question they will speak to you when they're ready to speak to you when they have answers yes and and typically a, a good company a good company should should inform you <laughs> yeah that's a very important thing to note a good company should inform you with time whether they think they're going to have work or not. Like mm-hmm. in your situation, yes, I think we're going to have work. We love having you here. We'd like to keep you on. Yes. Is it out of their control that two days later, they pandemic literally, hit? I Absolutely. mean, it literally flip-flop in two yeah. days. And like, that's not any fault of their own, no. you know? And like I said, I was very positive. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously they knew I was disappointed and of course. they were disappointed to tell me that. They were like, I know we just sat you down in here two days ago and we were like all excited for you to come on to the next project and now we don't have that project anymore. Yeah. You know, and like I literally I was very positive. And then, you know, like a month ago, they're like, hey, yeah, you know, are you interested in coming back? We'd love to have you. The reason that they're doing that is because you didn't burn a bridge. Absolutely. I will never, ever burn a bridge. Yeah. For the for I had a miserable time, (laughs) not only for your mental sanity to like, you know, not completely 
you know, collapse in on a black, like a black hole on yourself. Right. And go into like, Oh my God, I fucking hate life. And I work so hard and nothing, you know, ever comes my way. Yeah. That is not good. Stark, yeah. Yeah. And then there. the other end is like, Oh, I'm working my ass off and they're not appreciating me. So, you know, don't burn bridges on either route. Just maintain your cool, try and keep things steady. It, everything is out of your control that is out of your control. Mm -hmm. You cannot somehow change the contract, you know, negotiations that you're not in, right? So just let it be and do the best work you can because at the end of the day, your mental health is better and your potential to get work later on is also higher. It's, it's right? also higher. So keep yeah. that in mind when your contracts are coming up. Yeah. Don't even freak if, out. So even if you are coming from a company that you didn't like working for and mm. You never know if in the future that company will actually have management changes and the yep. people that you did maybe didn't get along with or the processes that you didn't oh, yeah. like, they might change and they might make it better. And if you burn that bridge because you didn't like it and two years ago, but now they want you back or, you, or now the there's work available, but you don't want to, you the, know, you burn that bridge. You the can't worst, go back. The worst is you burn a bridge with an HR person who switches companies. <laughs> now, now, oh, now, yeah. Now you're not only you're pissed off that, now you pissed off. Right. And that and happens like, oh, in our industry. Absolutely. Like, there's not a lot of people who people deal with rotate, hr rotate, exactly rotate, rotate, i mean yeah. i've left, definitely had was like this hr person was at thinkwell and then mm. they were over here doing some oh, yeah. freelance work for this company and they then they went over to Hedema, and then stuff. they went yeah, yeah it's like yeah. they bounce around because there's not too many people who know what to look for and who yeah. to hire don't, in those industries you don't know? let this contract and not having work put you in a situation where you're you're in a bad situation in the future right <laughs> you know? yeah. exactly Cool. So that's what I had on that. All right. Um, knowing when to submit to another idea and I think, let go. I think we kind of. Prefer. I think we kind of covered this because don't take design decisions too, too personally. Sure. But it is a lot of it is like you know if if the creative designer has an idea, you know, let go of yours and just submit to their idea and own it. And just go. like we said. Yeah. Yep. Do it. Do it. Do it. Just like we said, it's totally. the best window that they're ever going to see and own it. Right. Yeah. Great. All right. So next section, general work-life balance. Yeah. For all. So we kind of talked about like typical feelings and typical work, things. Yeah. yeah. Now we'll get into a little life. Yeah. Like <laughs> work-life balance. Yeah. Um, Jacob, where does yeah. work end and how? So this is one I struggle with now. Um, this is my biggest mental health challenge at mm -hmm. the moment. I think it's been my biggest mental health challenge for my entire life. Um, I started in architecture school and that kind of taught me to stay up late, and, you know, do work and keep working, keep working. My family is a very workaholic kind of family. Mm -hmm. So I naturally have this kind of instinct to bring work home. Yeah. Um, and a lot of the times I don't know how to separate that or handle that. Um, and one of the biggest things that, again, one of the biggest things that I've done is now notice or um, be aware of when I'm either at a point where I can stop and say, okay, it's 15 minutes left on the clock. You know what? I'm just going to stop here because if I start something else, you're just going to be thinking about I'm going to be thinking about that thing. Yeah. So some of the times, you know, by not continuing on with work, you are also stopping from bringing that home at the sure. end of the day. So if you are, at, if it's 445 and you just finished a task, I would not recommend picking up another one. Just take your time, close down the files, reorganize some stuff, just right, kind of go Fill out your in. time card if you need to it, fill out your time card it's like, or whatever. It's like a workout. You run your ass off and you need a cool down. You need a cool down. So you just walk for, you, yeah, you walk you stretch, for five minutes, do, right? Yep. Don't think that you have to go to the end of five o'clock. Yeah. Right? And doing a hundred percent speed the yeah, whole way. Just and fucking then charging through, yeah. right? I've done that 
countless times right. to the point that I've been like there till seven and been like working and been like, oh, fuck, I got to eat at some point. So I guess I'll just yeah. leave now. But I'm in the mid. I, I've literally started six other things in the last two hours, which I wasn't even supposed to be here for. Right. right. That's one of the biggest things that I've struggled with. Know when to stop when you're at work. Yes. Figure not, out that. Don't just I had stop a good because the clock point. ended. Right. Right. And it's like, OK, I guess I got to leave now. Yeah. Um, and then also, you know, if you do run into, OK, I had to finish up a thing, you know, until six because it's, you know, due 9 a.m. tomorrow. We have a presentation or whatever. And now you're in that situation where it's like, OK, I have work on my mind. You know, I, I think I finished it. I got to keep thinking about it, you know, whatever. A lot of times what I like to do is take a break um, mentally when I'm at work or at home. When I finally get home, I've learned this with uh, working from home now mm. for the past year and a half. I think what's interesting is when I moved back to Ohio for three years, I worked from home at that point. And I had struggles with this with Carrie. And she knows this very well is like I would work until she opened the door. And once she opened the door, I was still in the middle of work, right? And I was trying to figure it. So in a, in a way, it's the same thing. Like I have taken work home with me, literally. Yeah, like, I mean, you still do it sometimes too. Oh, like we come absolutely. over for dinner and it's like, Jake, you're still wrapping stuff up. I thought you were going to be done. And I'm and like, you're no, still like, I thought it'd be 15 minutes. Like, ah, <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to do You still do it, this. yeah. I absolutely still do it, yeah. right? And to a fault. And, you know, I, I'm, I'm too much of a perfectionist that I want to get that thing done to the best of my ability today, now. Because if I, you know, if I don't and I'm in the I'm middle of it. I'm going to be thinking it, about it. I'm going to be thinking about it, right? Yeah. So, you know, a lot of times you do get in situations where it's seven o'clock or six o'clock and you're at home and you're just finished wrapping it up and you don't have a time to cool down or anything. I recommend, I, I'm fortunate enough, I have a little balcony. <laughs> I recommend going out there or if you can get outside or go for a walk or something. Oh, yeah. Fresh air is so Fresh air good is reset. so nice. Yeah. Um, and I like listening to music. I'm a big uh, reggae fan. Yeah. Um, and reggae is is nice because it's calming. Um, but it's, it's also just, happy. just, it's, just it's happy, happy right? Yeah. And and it's a good reset. And I know the certain songs that I like to listen to to put me in that mood. Um, so taking five minutes to do that somehow just, it's like going in a dark room in uh, team lab and like you sure. went from that it's exhibit a re- to, it's a, to a reset, reset a palette cleanser, <laughs> it's a palette cleanser. Yeah, yeah yeah i totally get that and and it's very difficult to do when you work from home yeah i you know it's really funny as um when i was in college i actually had a lot of mental mental health issues i was on antidepressants for a long time mm-hmm. and or not for a long time actually not very long at all um but um reggae music was something that oh, helped yeah? me too like it nice. just was like you know what song is really cheesy but i love it was um don't worry be happy oh, yeah. that's not like by bobby mcferrin <laughs> it just was like right yeah everything's gonna be okay yeah. it's fine yep. and yeah it was just actually i find a music that makes you feel good mm-hmm. if it's black metal <laughs> sure <laughs> um, but there, there's a there's something to be said about tempo and like when you're at work there is a tempo that you're going at right, right? there's a do 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 staccato you're like getting done getting done getting oh, done getting dude done. is laying under my feet and you're tapping the table he was like what's <laughs> what that the hell? It's okay, um, good boy. <laughs> but then there's there's something nice about reggae where it takes your tempo down. It your heart your rate heart starts rate. going yeah, down. Yeah, your blood your blood pressure <laughs> yeah, and creates, and then you can reset and you yeah. maybe you go for a run after yeah, that. Yeah, I would get not personally I would not recommend like any sort getting, of high yeah, anxiety playing electronic yeah. music bumping, you Yeah. Know. Something that Listen chills to ocean you out a waves bit. or you <laughs> right, know, whatever. Yeah, yeah. Just something Landscape. that just 
brings you down to your level and then you can go about your day because the worst thing is having nights where you just fucking drag and work home yeah it is the worst because you're never resetting you're going into work the next day with the the crap luggage you had yesterday and now you're not happy now you didn't sleep good now that affects you and i think the first time i was here in la it affected me because i didn't have really anything to to die down too you know it was Mm -hmm. like okay i'm just gonna keep thinking about this thing and it it just beats you like a hammer right and you're just chiseling away at yourself like slowly (laughs) it's like after you know two years of doing that you're nothing you were done yeah Yeah. you're 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 burnt out you know yeah so that was not bringing work home with you but then Mm. the vice versa of not bringing home with you to work (laughs) yeah and um this is something that was particularly hard in the past year, I think. And mm-hmm. I wanted to specifically tell this little story. I was doing some freelance work for um, Jacob and Alex on this thing that they're working on. And they asked me to design some logos. And it just happened to be January 6th. <laughs> <laughs> and um, all the stuff at the Capitol was happening. And we got on, a, um, we were on a Zoom call and I was showing them my options. And um, I was showing them some of my options and explaining through and Alex just said, you know, Tina, you don't like any of these logos. I can tell that you don't like (laughs) them. So why are we even talking about them? You're not passionate about any of them. And I broke down in tears Mm -hmm. and I think Alex was a little surprised, (laughs) you know, because I think he's really good at like, turning that stuff yeah, off of course. Yeah. but you were definitely like you okay tina and i was like i'm not okay I'm not okay you know and yeah. i was really upset and then alex was like okay you know what let's chill these logos don't matter right now let's yeah. chill we'll reconvene in a week and yeah. i was like great thank you right yeah and recognizing that like i probably should have even at the beginning, Judy's licking my foot right <laughs> the bottom of my foot right now sorry that was really weird whoa um recognizing I should have recognized sooner that you were in that state. that I could not yeah. work on these logos because mm-hmm. at that point I didn't care about fucking logos right and you and know there's a point in which if you were dealing with somebody else other than people you knew well yeah that would not look as professional as, absolutely you know and so diverting those situations or knowing that those situations potentially might come, come up, up will help not only your work, but also your life and your yes. mental health. And your, to be just like, your professional relationships. Just, just push it off a day. You know, yep. it's not a big deal say, if somebody says, hey, hey I'm, is it okay if we, yeah, you know, all this stuff. And, and I think it's okay to flat out say like, hey, all this stuff on the you know TV it's just really got me distracted yeah. and I'm just don't think I'm in the best space. And hopefully, hopefully you have a workplace that is, amenable to that you're and, not always going to and but the, the their deadline if there are deadlines that you're trying to hit right because you, you have happen. to you have to present an option of how to how you're going to deliver right. those so i wouldn't say you're you're no you don't want to look like oh i'm a lazy bum who just didn't do my work right, right? that's not a good thing providing but, the next steps is a good exactly you want to be a yeah. little proactive i know you might be going through something or something like that but providing something where you say hey i'm not feeling it today there's just some things going on can i get this to you tomorrow afternoon yeah that is enough to say yeah no worries that's fine we'll talk about it then right but if you just say hey i'm just not feeling it today you know sorry sorry yeah it's like okay, okay when are you gonna get it done yeah you know you and 
you know, as a worker, you're concerned or as a uh, employer, you're concerned. You're like, oh, is she OK? But also, right. when's my work going to get right? Because I'm not going through that, you, you know, like, yeah. yeah, I'm paying totally. you to get the work done. Right. So there is a balance there that you, you have to be respectful, but your employer should also be respectful to you. Right. And you both should be on the same I mean, page. And almost any time that I've had something like that happen, like where it's a global event that's happening, oh, yeah. almost everybody on the other end it's is like, like hey, I didn't get I anything done it. either. Yeah. I totally get it. Like, yeah, let's watch this until CNN tomorrow. All day, yeah, know, exactly. Yeah. So, you know, it's like, hopefully you have a good enough relationship with your people right. that and they understand that. And know when to make those moves because mm-hmm. you can't be doing that once a week, unfortunately. No. Like, that's got to be a fairly rare when you do make those moves, make sure you're turning it off yeah. and make sure you're, you're turning off whatever you need to turn off. You're getting things right. And you're coming back Fra- refreshed fresh. and yeah. yep, exactly. Don't waste a day procrastinating about things that you were just taking a day off <laughs> about thinking about and you're just in right. the cycle, cycle of, a, of perpetual. Yeah, make sure you can turn it off. Yeah, and reset. absolutely. Yeah. Um, okay. At the end of the day, what is going to give you true happiness? This is a, this is a big deep one. topic, oh Jacob. Yeah. So uh, this is something again that you you pick up with age, right? You get experience the more that you work in the industry, in any industry. I feel like is <clears throat> okay. In college, I had this idea of you know what I wanted to be, like where I was going and who I wanted to be. You had your shit way figured out more than I did. I'm telling you. Yeah, I, I mean, I mean, I was everybody's am- different. I was ambitious, right? Sure. As a, as a, a student, I was ambitious. I wanted to be successful. I think a lot of that dealt with my personal life. Um, I'm not going to get into like this isn't a sob story or anything, but I. I definitely struggled with things in my personal life that I geared towards my professional life to fix. Sure. Right? Okay. I looked towards, you know, being successful in, in work as things pushing off in my li- personal life. Right? Sure. So I, I use that a lot to be like, you know what? Fucking this is where I'm going to be. This is going to be the greatest I mean, of this. I'm going to do this. That and- is for a lot of people. That's and, and it's very typical for American culture is mm-hmm. that your individual personal success is tied to your career absolutely which is like i mean i think it's definitely starting to hopefully it's go away it's like it's starting to change because yeah that was the biggest driver in why i left the first time sure is because i was for you know through undergrad all the way until i was done with my contract my first contract with edc which was you know after disney and all that stuff I gave, I was like, nope, this is, I thought that this was where I wanted to be, that this is, I was going in the right direction, that I was happy. And like, I got there and I was like, ah, this fucking sucks. <laughs> like, <laughs> like I, I, I got here, but like what for? Like, because I was so focused on like, At what cost? <laughs> yeah. I yeah. was so focused on like other people thinking about me that I wasn't thinking about myself enough. Mm. So like I was concentrated on, I need to do this because other people will be happy with me or think I'm successful or think I'm ambitious. Right. Or think again, I'm telling you, it's that 20 years old. It's that 20 year time range where you're so worried about what people think of you. I very much needed that validation. Right. Oh yeah. I'm a big per. I still to this day struggle with validating and and especially validation. I mean, seeing other people who were my age, who were you know doing something that was cool, or you know, fuck, looking at Alex, who's was twenty nine oh, yeah. or I mean, thirty at the time, you and he was like a CEO of EDC. I'm like, oh well, shit. Okay, I can do this, you know. But I got to that point, and I just had to ask myself, like, I'm not happy. Like, 
when I go to work and when I work on this stuff, I enjoy what I do and I'm right. happy because of that. But man, oh man, like my my off days or like the weekends or stuff, I was depressed. Yeah. Like I had just driven myself into such a dark place because of how much I loved work and was wanting to work that I just destroyed my personal yeah. life, right? And that's why I ended up moving back home because I ha- I literally had no idea what happiness was. I-, I completely lost what I thought was what I needed. Sure. Right? And I had no I had no idea at that point like what even happiness was or what I needed. Right, I mean, for seven or almost ten years of my life, I'm thinking this is it. Right. <laughs> You're wrong. Yeah. And I mean, like I said, I think that's a very um, it's common for many years that that was what your success and your personal happiness is defined by how well you do in your career. Absolutely. And I think we're definitely starting to realize that um, happiness is defined, um, you know, differently for each person, you know, for each individual, they're going to have a different, (laughs) sorry, dude, dude wants attention. He's woken up from his nap and he wants attention. Um, and I think that a lot of it was like, oh yeah, well, true success is a million dollars. Yeah. I mean, true success is money, right? Right. And that's, that's that's not true at all. You know, and I think a lot of people are starting to realize that. And like, that's why people are doing like van life mm-hmm. you know or they're doing like homesteading they're per- they're trying they're basically you know like i'm gonna do my own thing and i'm just gonna like yeah. live off the- try to live off the land as best as i can you're seeing a lot more of that recently i think yeah um, I, I i think you have to as a young person or even even if you're in your 30s and 40s and looking for like oh this professional work environment is not making me happy you really have to dive deep into like who you are and like how how are you going to make yourself happy? Right. Not other people and or think, not your company. I think that a lot of people like they'll be like, Oh yeah, you know, you have to have your vision board and write down, you know, what, how are you going to take those steps in your career to get where you want to go or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I think that a lot of times that people skip out the whole part where you're like, yeah, but what about you personally? What, what, what are goals you, that you're setting for? Right, where you're like, right. Oh, I, you that know, isn't for anybody else. That's like, not for you, anybody else. Yeah. I, I learned that you need to be a little selfish in your goals. Oh, right? totally. Yes. You need to, you need to think about, okay, I'm I, one of my goals is not like oh I want to be a creative director like that's not about me it that's about be my work, work right related, that's yes. that's my work you know what what is really going to make me happy mm-hmm. right and you know I had to ask myself that question and I moved home and I gave up this whole industry because of that question right. you know and I had to, I took 3 years to figure that out and I'm still struggling with some of those questions today so if you're going through that stuff you need to realize that it's totally normal and sometimes taking a break or like, you know, saying, hey, I need a week to just, you know, figure out what the hell reset, I need to do. Yeah. Reset. Do or just journaling, maybe. I don't quit, know. Quit you your know? damn job and go, find, you know, find another one. Go on an adventure and journey. Um, you know, I would have never been in the place that I am today if I never would have moved back to And Ohio, done that right? self-reflection. Absolutely. Yeah, totally. I mean, I would have never met my fiance right now, you know, right. like I'm in a completely different headspace and a completely different you know, realm of happiness than I was three years or, you know, when I was here before that three years. Yeah. And I mean, I definitely think that this is something that, um, I still struggle with today too, is Mm -hmm. separating that success of like, and still, I mean, I think a lot of it has to do with pandemic, right. And, um, question, a lot of us are questioning where we are and what we're doing and, 
because our whole system was interrupted. And um, I still do struggle with that a lot of like being like, okay, where am I? What am I doing? What is going to make me happy? Is it mm-hmm. working for Imagineering? And, or is it like just doing my own art and hanging out and, you know, and, like what? Yeah, and getting to know the world right. and traveling. Exactly. Or, and yeah, like, I'm still struggling with that because there's still stuff where I'm like, oh, or is it my own personal art? And I'm like, well, Tina, like a lot of that you still have work on the brain when you're talking about that Mm -hmm. when you're like what is it for you is it like living in a small town and being in nature more just having a sketchbook and sketching exactly yeah going being uh more active and going on hikes or absolutely traveling more working with working out is one of the things that like i need to do and like carrie and i always say this like we need to work out because it helps us so much and i've been doing that recently this past couple i don't know two months or something and it's not like heavy workout. It's not like I'm going to the gym and lifting 300 pound weights. Sure. I'm just running. Yeah. <laughs> like just running is something that I feel like is something I need to make me happy because right. it just, it releases the endorphins. It gets me going, gets me outside. You know, there's a lot of positive things about that. You need to find that about you. It could be video games for all you care. Right. I, I sometimes use video games for, you know, That's ways Jared's to make me big happy. Thing. Yeah. Absolutely. He, he's like, you know what? I want to turn off the world and video games going to see a thieves and you know ride around with a boat and Uh yeah absolutely yeah yeah so that brings us to our next point which is kind of like having hobbies right right this is our um like general mental health tips section Mm -hmm. of the show yeah Yeah, we kind of we've kind of skipped around we said like working out right and that's one of them here so that's one of them yeah is working out and now we're kind of talking about hobbies with video games and like finding you know things that you like to do Mm mm-hmm Again, that are not associated with your personal projects or anything. You're not doing SketchUp outside of work because right. you do SketchUp all day. Right. <laughs> you know, it's like, what else can you do? You know, I, one of the things that I was struggling with, uh, I think a couple months ago, I mentioned it to you, was like, what can I do outside of work? You know, that Absolutely. that isn't work. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, one of those things was like learning guitar and like just trying to pick that mm-hmm. up. And I need to make more time for that. You know, personally. So yeah, totally. Hobbies are definitely a thing that can help you get your mental health right. Right. Yeah. And yeah, you said it could be something as simple as video games, mm-hmm. you know, like that can be something that you're in really into. Like I'm really into plants and gardening. Yeah, you are. Yeah. 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 So mm-hmm. I have a lot of plants Yeah, and I think something I, that I research and yeah, I love. I think I'd be really into miniatures, but I just don't oh, have, I love miniatures. I just don't have the space. That's or the, the problem. Studio. I mean, that's, Honestly, Jared and I probably would be more into making miniatures yeah. if we had more space, but right. we're constantly struggling on where to put it. Yeah, it's like especially if you're in the middle of something and yeah. you can't finish it, like where you, do you, you have the, you store have, it in an apartment. You need more that to be a multi-purpose space. Yes, <laughs> you know, exactly. Like, yeah. So, um, yeah, I really like miniatures. That's a really mm-hmm. great one. I paint, um, which I mean, still can be kind of the same. I mean, we're in right. the art industry, but, yeah. but you can paint. I mean, Gwen Valentine, you know, right. she, she paints oil paintings. Yeah. Yeah. Traditional mm-hmm. art that is completely separate than what she actually does. Right? Absolutely. So yeah. you can find some, some hobbies in there. Right. And I mean, I'm a big reader. I actually really mm-hmm. love reading. So yeah. that's another one. And I do, I, you know what? I enjoy a good television program. There, so that, into TV. that's a good point. Um, you know, as a kid, I was always, there was always cable, right? It was always like, you just watched cable every time you came home from school or whatever. Yeah. Right. And now that that's switched to streaming services, you have a lot more, you know, flexibility in what you watch. Mm-hmm. And I feel like the more that I've gotten older, the more I just want to watch mind numbing shows, which have no plot. Yeah. More like the Seinfelds. It's just like, sure. 
I mean, minutes. for me, like I love Great British Baking Show. That's like love one of my Great favorite British shows. Ba- one of my favorite. I like will put that on repeat Absolutely. just because it's just so positive. It's so and positive. It's fun. It's yeah. just like time to kill. Mm-hmm. I that's my off switch. You know. Yeah. I like watching those shows because it's an off switch. Now, do I? Do I need to watch those for seven hours a day on a Saturday? No, no. I don't, right? Yeah. Um, but are they a good stress reliever when work is done Absolutely. and I can yeah. pop on an episode or two? Right. Absolutely. I mean, that's and that's Parks and Rec for me. That's the office. <laughs> Love Parks and Rec. The Good Place. Yep. You know, those are all ones that I go to. Or Downton Abbey. I, I even watch Phineas and Ferb sometimes. Oh, sure. It's yeah, like yeah, a yeah. cartoon. Yeah. I mean, I also put on my favorite Disney movies in the background oh, sometimes, yeah. uh-huh. you know, yep. if I just need something to relax and chill. Yep, and, yep, yep. You know, then I'm browsing the internet and have that on in the background or whatever. But Mm -hmm. I also would have to say that I am really big into these amazing stories that are being crafted right now. Somebody who's interested in storytelling in general, like the TV industry has gone in a crazy amazing direction. I just can't, I can't explore as much as I would like to with Mm -hmm. the time constraints and everything. So I have to wait until something like game of Thrones hits season five and it's like, okay, cool. I got to catch up. Tons to binge. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I get that. I get that. Um, other things are things like, um, getting sleep. This is, this is interesting because, uh, as a, as a single bachelor, um, living <laughs> yeah. in LA, I would not get great sleep. I would, you know, go to bed at midnight or it's one or not- two, and then I'd wake up at six or seven or something. And Carrie has actually turned me on to she goes to bed early, but she wakes up early, right? Uh-huh. We go to bed at like ten typically, but we wake up at six, right? Yeah, but I go to I do the same thing with dude right now, cause... but it's eight solid hours. Yeah, and that's like amazing for me. <laughs> like, when what I, a turnaround! <laughs> so when I was having, I talked about, I've mentioned these a few times, my mental health issues that I was having in undergrad. Mm-hmm. One of them was tied to the fact that I was not getting enough sleep. And honestly, yeah. I'm not saying that this is obviously going to solve everybody's deep depression issues because no. everybody has their own struggles that are you know there's like literal chemical imbalances that are happening Mm -hmm. also people face like really horrible instances in their lives that contribute to depression and i didn't really have a lot of those mine was just more not taking care of my body and Mm -hmm. one of those was sleep when i started getting sleep totally changed yeah absolutely a hundred percent flipped on and i am a person who needs like eight or nine hours Mm -hmm. like honestly um and that's honestly one of the things that i've been struggling with having this new puppy is that they (laughs) don't always sleep all the way through the night and they don't really care about your schedule necessarily nope they get to nap all day yeah exactly and so um i noticed that immediately when i when we first got this puppy as i was like oh my mental my mental health is declining Mm -hmm. quickly because i have not been getting sleep Mm-hmm. Um, once I was able to start getting sleep again, I was like, oh, okay, right. Now, this is a reminder to myself that getting good sleep is, important. is very important to me. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'd also say eating right. Mm-hmm. I, oh my God, drink water. Like, please, dear God, drink water. <laughs> yeah. I, it's very important it's to drink water. It's <laughs> so important to drink water. And like gallons of it. <laughs> yes. And I was a person who was like drinking like three Cokes a day yeah. in college. Yeah, because you could. Yeah. yeah nobody was stopping me from going to the fridge like my mom would be like no you've had too many cokes today yeah, you right? know like that wasn't it was delicious whatever. right exactly i, can, I, would I just, could take it i would take uh. three cokes a day four cokes a day whatever <laughs> 
and um, I was not drinking like, any water, yeah, like ever, yeah. Um, and I think it well, obviously, all that caffeine probably kept me up at night as well. And yeah, no, it definitely and messes et cetera, with your, yeah, yeah, et cetera, et cetera. Absolutely. So, eating right and drinking enough water is super important. Yeah, I've gotten way more into the eating. Eating right is not like. To me, it's not like, oh, I'm going to be a vegan and completely change my lifestyle or anything. For me, it's like, okay, I'm just going to watch, one, watch my portions, and two, just watch, you know, when I eat certain things out, I'm going to, you know, look for a little bit more healthier things, sure. right? Don't and always I'm, reach I'm, for the burger. And I'm not going to, I'm not going to eat out all the time. Right. Like, we cook way more than I used to. Yeah. And a lot of times we're trying to get veggies and fruits to go along with whatever we're yeah. cooking. Yeah. I mean, right? that's one of my biggest gripes about going out to eat just generally. And so I, I kind of like tender greens. Yeah. Tender greens actually has some healthier options on their menu. It's so hard to find places I, that I, have vegetables on their menu. Have you been to True Food Kitchen yet? No, I don't think so. We should go. It's okay. really good. Yeah. Awesome. Um, cool. Um, another one. Establishing social media habits according to your needs. Um, <laughs> kind of talked on this. <laughs> right. For Jake, it's no. No, none, not at all. No social media at all. Yep. Um, for me, I have to keep a metric of how I'm feeling mentally that day. Yeah. Is it good for me to... And like, honestly, um, with everything that's been happening in the past four years, Facebook has largely gotten removed from that. I still have it because like my grandma often messages me on Facebook. That's the way she likes to communicate. Mm -hmm. And so I still have it for like that reason. And I do have a lot of friends from like, I honestly don't know how I would contact them if <laughs> I needed to Facebook? contact yeah. them. Right. And I mean, whatever, I could get their phone numbers, you know, but it's way easier for us to keep in contact on that social media platform. But other yeah. than that, I don't really do it that much anymore. Yeah. Um, so that's the balance that I've established for myself is that, you know, sometimes it's good for me and I need to mentally recognize when it's not good. And then yep. when it's not good, and, I check out. And it's a constant battle, I mm -hmm. think. I mean, for me personally, it's like, okay, every time I do coding on the side, right? And, you know, I'll wait for a page to load or page to refresh or something. And I'll go for my phone and I'll just like open my phone and be like, why the fuck did I just go for my yeah, phone? Like, it's, it's a constant it's a, battle because it's, it's, it's like bread it's a security in us. blanket. <laughs> yeah. Now. Well, Your I'm bored. Is, I'm bored for two seconds. Oh, my phone. I there. need to you know? have something scrolling. In front yeah, of my face. It's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. So you do need to keep that. I think it's a constant battle you need to keep in check. Is, yeah. Is figuring out what your limits are on social media. Um, yeah. And then like one of the last things I will mention that was a great system um, for some friends. Like, I imagine that a lot of you probably have roommates, you know, and um, when you live with friends and a lot of times artists or designers often live with other artists and designers. Like <laughs> yeah. that's very typical. Of course. And it's easy to get into a feedback loop of bitching mm -hmm. um, to your friends about things that are happening, especially when they understand. You share the common interest. Yeah. Right? Yep. And a lot of, for a lot of us, we're working at the same locations even, mm -hmm. right? So we're working at the same jobs. We hang out together on the weekends, et cetera, et cetera. So natural one of the things, talk about yeah, it. yeah. It's, yeah, it's natural to, and easy to reach for work. Yeah. So, um, a number of years ago when I lived in Omaha, Nebraska, I lived with a bunch of roommates and we all worked at the same theater. Mm. So we all lived together in the same house and then we went to work together and the theater was going through a transitionary time and it was hard. It yeah. was not an easy time period. Yeah. 
And we had something called the egg timer system, or Jacob was like the bitch timer system, <laughs> which is exactly what it was. Each person, we had an egg timer in our kitchen. We'd all get home from work about the same time. Um, and we would set an egg timer. Each person got five minutes mm. to talk about whatever they wanted about work that day. Five minutes to bitch, or maybe it was a good, particularly good day. It didn't go too bad. Vented out. You vented, and you just got it all out. And literally, when that egg timer was off, uh. was you know, um, the timer went off, the alarm went off. That was it. Yeah. You were done talking about work, mm-hmm. and um, there was three of us who lived in that house, so it was fifteen minutes of talking about work. And then it was done. Yeah. And that was how we just operated. And then we would go play rock band after that. And work was not allowed. And we were allowed to call people out and be like, you're talking about work. No talking about work. And people would be like, oh, right, right, right. And we were not offended. We Mm -hmm. got, you know, into the habit of doing that. Yeah. You know, now, of course, we did like allow people being like, well, I'm thinking about changing workplaces and I need to talk about this for longer. And that was fine. Yeah. Um, allowing ourselves to like know when we needed to talk more. Mm-hmm. But for the most part, if it was general day to day business, yeah, yeah it would, was five minutes. <laughs> yeah. There's one thing about venting that I've learned is um you don't want to vent uh with anger. You always just want to vent with like just like I need to get this off my chest. chest yeah. Not not anger because you're angry at the situation because if you get angry when you're venting to somebody it won't go away well after it, you're done well it's not even that it won't go away it's that you're projecting anger onto that person oh sure so so sometimes when people vent anger onto somebody else it's not good for the relationship mm-hmm. so make sure when you do vent i i think venting is great i i am a big proponent of venting but make sure you're not doing it with the anger that you feel it's just like hey i just need this is really making me mad this is what i'm feeling this is how it's going not i hate this guy he's the fucking worst in here yeah. it's like you know just understand that there are limits to how your relationships get affected when right you vent. and yeah. i mean i think one of the things too about that is like offering some sort of reflection time in there of like why that is particularly mm-hmm, bothering you mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um but no, that's great um I would say that if you find yourself continually bringing up topics, the same topic again and again and again, um, you need to figure out how to address that topic. Like why is that topic bothering you so much and figuring Mm -hmm. out how to remove it from your life? Absolutely. And um, my friends and I were actually really good at recognizing that and being like, you know, you this is brought something up this that's been topic bothering for, for two weeks yeah. in our egg timer bitch session. And that maybe it, you need to address this. It's a good this, point. You, you know, know, mental health is, is about, you know, awareness. And sometimes we get in these, these patterns that we don't recognize what we did, you know, last week or, you know, you went on a trip. So what happened last month, you don't even remember. Right. So maybe I have not done this personally, but I know people who have journaled and, you know, like writing stuff down and thinking, because if you do recognize those patterns, if you have somebody to talk about, Mm -hmm. like you're saying, or you're writing it in a journal so you can remember that, it helps you to identify those things that you need to address. Yes, absolutely. And ultimately at the end of the day, addressing those things is your responsibility. Yeah. Even if it's somebody else externally that's bothering you, you You fixing it for your own life is your responsibility. Because it's about fixing you yes. first yeah, yes. to get your mental health right. Um, and I think that's important to recognize. But yeah, I do agree. Journaling is a great way to keep track of those patterns um, and recognize it. Because yeah, we don't remember what we had for lunch no. yesterday. No. You know, you don't remember what you were complaining about a week no. ago. I, I, so. I, I might try that. I, I haven't tried journaling, but I might. Try. I have before. Yeah. Um, I haven't. 
I think if you're going to do it, try to work it in as a habit of like almost every day, if yeah, not any you other have day. To. Yeah, yes, yeah, yeah. because yeah. otherwise you just kind of lose the tempo oh, of like why I'm doing this and stuff. Yeah, you have to um, commit to that. Yeah, so. I will say there's there's one other topic that we haven't discussed at all, which is uh, alcohol and drug abuse. Oh, sure. Which is like something that I have personally been through. Um, when I was here at first in LA, there was a lot of alcohol mm. abuse that... I mean, I wasn't... There was a lot of alcohol abuse for me in college when I was struggling with yeah. depression too. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I didn't drink Fitch till... Binge drinking and stuff. Yeah, yeah. I didn't drink till I was like 20 or something like that. Um, I was against it for you know most of my childhood. But um, I think because of that, because of I had such a weight period until I started drinking that I just started like just going at it. Yeah. Right? You know, yeah. there's just Full like... Bore. Yeah, absolutely. And I think there was a lot of times that I turned to alcohol to make time pass. Uh-huh. And that is never good. Like, you know, you should never look to alcohol to solve your problems or to say, okay, well, I'm bored tonight. So let's just open or up the beer constantly. Can. I'm just going to have a beer and take the edge off. If you're coming home from work and like just having a beer alone and just chilling, that's, I mean, you're not, you're not like terrible, but it is a sign to say like, okay, why am I, could For me, I, could I, particularly I, if you're just like, I really like having a beer and it like, you know, just is it's like for me in the morning, like I have a cup of coffee, like, ah, it just starts my day off. Right. I'm having a beer right now. Yeah. We're you both know? having so a beer like, right now. So, so there are, there are days <clears throat> where I'm like, okay, it's Friday. Like it is now. And I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to have a beer and chill. But if you're doing it Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday to take off the edge yeah, take and the edge release off. I'm stress, stressed. I need to just, like, yeah, yeah that's... you might want to just look at that and like ask yourself why, and maybe you can look to something else to help your stress. Relief. Right. A lot of times, I mean, I, I smoke marijuana, right? Mm-hmm. And I, I don't do it every day. I don't do it constantly. Completely but legal in California, by the way. It is completely people. legal. I'm sorry. I just, <laughs> I just criminalize myself. Um, but, but I do that as a stress reliever. Mm. Um, and I know that uh, I'm not, I'm aware that I, Jared too. Yeah. That I smoke yeah. because it, it helps my stress. Yeah. But I am also aware that I don't want to do it every single fucking day. Yeah. Right. Um, it's the same thing with alcohol and same thing with drugs. Like you have to be aware that you're not turning to this thing to fix your problems. Right. Um, I got in that cycle. I think a lot of people struggle with it that don't realize it or it doesn't get to a point, but there are a lot of times where it gets to a point where it's like, holy crap, I hit the deep end. And yeah, I need that's to, where yeah. I was in, in undergrad. Same. I was definitely using it to, uh, drink away problems. Mm-hmm. Um, and honestly, um, I don't really do much smoking anymore. I don't do like, I don't, I avoid drugs because they honestly, um, bring out a lot of, um, other anxieties that I have because it amplifies them. Like we've been talking about, everybody's different, right? Yeah. Some things affect, you know, differently. Some people can't even drink beer, but they turn to wine. Yeah. And it's like, absolutely. So, um, but yeah, recognizing your level of that consumption and everything in moderation, people, that's everything in moderation. Yeah, absolutely. And, and if you are struggling with like, okay, this is a pattern that I've recognized. That is why I'm not happy right now. Then make sure you're fixing that, you know, take the right steps, you know, figure it out. You don't have to go cold Turkey. Like you don't have to like completely, I, I'm one of those people who I struggle with alcohol to the point of like, you know, just throwing up in a bathtub, yes, you know, same. like, I mean, it was awful, mm-hmm. right? Blackout but, drunk drinking. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, totally. By myself, which is ridiculous, yeah, same, you know? Same. And I did it too. And it's like, but I'm... I mean, I haven't done that in years, but yeah. Exactly. But I'm having a beer right now. I, I've been able to 
to wean that off to the point of I'm not turning to it anymore. I'm turning to video games. Right. Or I'm turning to, you know, playing guitar or, you know, whatever it is, you know, or putting on the headphones. Right. So just, just constantly check yourself. I mean, mental health is a constant battle that you'll, I mean, you'll you'll constantly face your entire life. At the end of the day is that for so long, so many people did not talk about this subject that they make it sound like it you exist. should be, it should, it should be, be rose because yep. everything is cinnamon buns and rainbows all the time, all the time. And do your time for 20 years and in, the, in the career and you'll get where you want to and yeah. you'll be fine. Well, and we know that it's that's like, not psh. what is happening yeah. for our generation. No, generally. So, um, but like just understanding that mental health ebbs and flows. You're definitely going to have good times and you're going to have bad times. And if you're in a bad time, know that you are progressing through it. And like one of my favorite things is, um, one of my favorite things is this too shall pass. Yeah. I love that saying because it's true, you know, and another popular one right now is it's okay to not be okay. Yeah. It's okay. Like not be okay. Yeah. Yeah. You don't have to be. I love the, my chemical romance song was one of the first ones that like said that, which is like, I'm, it's the, I'm not okay song. Right. right i'm not okay and then uh-huh. i'm okay no i'm not okay you know like <laughs> like just just be okay with not being okay it's fine. it's fine you know you'll get through it and what's great about life is every year every day every hour that you're you're living you're learning something new about yourself yeah well, or you should be you should be i mean <laughs> whether again whether it's negative or positive i learned that i can't i can't turn to the bottle when it when i'm home alone right yeah. and i had to go through years of doing that to be like okay this is just I'm not I'm not to the point where I'm driving drunk or something reckless. Sure. But I'm to the point where I'm not happy with, you know, the decisions I'm making. Sure. So I need to correct that. But I learned right through those hours and those minutes and those days, you know, whatever I learned. But I mean, you also you took the time to self-reflect on that. Absolutely. A lot of people don't. And I think that's it is. I think it's a self-reflection is so important in all of this. And um, if you are struggling with any sort of feelings of you know what anything any topic that we talked about today or <laughs> yeah. any other topic yeah just really asking yourself questions about why you feel that way and if you if you're unsure there please go talk to somebody yeah like yeah. um that's one of the it's things the best thing you can do oh absolutely Find somebody i to saw talk one to a post from a therapist on um instagram that was saying um you don't have to come see a therapist just to if you're facing a particularly challenging issue Mm -hmm. some people they come to me because they're not sleeping well some people come to me because they are struggling with alcohol some people are come to me because they um are too much of a they feel like they procrastinate too much like they just come for general things Mm -hmm. that they're working through some people also just go just to be like am i good yeah. You know, <laughs> and then the therapist is like, yeah, you seem good. And you're like, OK, you know, yeah. like there's there's no it's, it's nothing also wrong with it's also I just wish it was more accessible financially it, for people. It's also important to like talk to the right people like, you know, you can talk to for some people like talking to your sister, or your brother works right for some other people. It doesn't. Right. And yeah. they don't respond well. Or, you know, sometimes it's good to talk to your fiance. Sometimes it's good to talk. You know, you, you yeah. find that person that you can talk to. It doesn't have to be a therapist. Yeah, I think right? also By doing re- and reflecting on um, how those conversation styles go is mm-hmm. important, too, because if you are who somebody's like, who's kind of 
um, you know, feeding into your negativity and be like, yeah, man, you oh, should, yeah. you should, you know, get revenge or yeah. something, you know, not everybody you talk to is going to be the right person. Yeah. And yeah. You, you should recognize so. that too and be like, okay, this person is not helping me. Right. I'm just not going to talk about this. If they're this feeding thing. that they're, you know, creating a feedback loop of that negativity, probably not the best person yeah. to talk to about. So that. find somebody to talk to. It doesn't have to be a therapist by any means, but right. just find somebody who you can talk to and they're receptive and listening. So absolutely. Cool. That mental health? I think so. I mean, of course, there's going to be things that we don't, that we forgot to talk about. And Absolutely. were really important. And people are like, uh, duh, why didn't you yeah, why didn't talk you about that? that? Yeah. So um, if you do have anything that we should have talked about or you want to talk yeah, about in terms it. of that, yeah. let, it, let us know. Visit the Instagram. Yeah. Um, let us know. That mm-hmm. is the D Ticket Podcast. Um, we're on Twitter. D Ticket Podcast. No, the. <laughs> you almost forget it. I almost forgot it. You know, don't go over there though. There's nothing happening over there. There's nothing happening. Over there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, See, I'm not social media now that we know. Yeah, now that we know, um, I'm the one who runs the Twitter account. Totally. So. Oh, we did get a few um, new comments, um, oh, reviews on our uh, on iTunes. So thank you to those lovely people who wrote that. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And then I also saw one. I was just perusing around and I saw one on Audible too. Oh, sick! On Audible, somebody wrote one on Audible for us. So cool. That was really sweet. We thank love you. those, by the yes, way. Yes. It's, it's like amazing to me, at least to me, I'm not going to speak for you, but to me, I've always thought of this podcast as something that, you know, we're going to learn some things about themed entertainment. You know, I'm going to just, you know, pick up stuff. But now that it's actually like impacting other people, it's really freaking it's cool. It's so cool. And it, it like brings a smile it. to my face. Yes, and, it really does. Like both yeah. Jake and I are like oh, cheesing cool. right <laughs> now. Yeah. Like, oh, cool. we got um, here, let me just read one yeah. of these right now. It says, this podcast is a great balance between theme park design knowledge and enthusiasm. It's smarter than a typical enthusiast podcast but more enjoyable than a, me smart. than a typical design podcast thank you so much to thank you thank you thank you they mike i think that's what how it is <laughs> f-e-a-e mike um is it mike fay i feel like mike is a first name yeah mike is the first name but it's <laughs> fay is first yeah yeah anyway so thank you very much because like that's Thanks, exactly mike. what we want we want you to learn something but you also want we also want you to have fun so yeah. if we're doing that then we're in the right we're on the right track. And thanks so, for the feedback. Yeah. We, yeah, you know, we if you it, have any so. positive negative, just let us know. Yeah. Absolutely. Very cool. All right, guys. Thank you so much for listening and we'll catch you next time. Bye. Bye. Produced by Jacob Birding and Tina Savala. Sound engineering by Jared LeClaire. Music by Ryan Mowry. Fact checking by anyone who has an opinion about the entertainment industry. Sound intern and official podcast pup. Oakley, the Wonder Oak, Lindegren. And a special thanks to Jared LeClaire and Carrie Lindegren. 